I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, you, Manson, Kalish, and Hitler, that's a good podcast. That's not bad because... I'm Obsidensky, and I'd rather podcast with a fast Manson than a slow tester. <laughs> I'm Jordan Kalish, and I'm happy to podcast with a reprobate. <laughs> You're a Jew from New Jersey. I, so here's the thing. I actually am. A, so I was thinking about going. I'm Jordan Kalish, and I'm a Jew from the Bronx, which is basically true. I am a Jew who lives in the Bronx, uh, but, but I figured that was a little bit too basic. Mm. Uh, I love that line, though. I love Larry's laugh uh, yeah. in, in that line. <laughs> I, think all, I think all three of us at some point have been Jews from the Bronx uh, yes. based on current uh, residents. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess that, that is a, that's a good, as good enough reason as any to have uh, Jordan Kalish on the podcast this week. We put out a feeler for other Jews in or around the Bronx at any particular time and uh he's who we came up with so here well you sent an accidental text on purpose i think and uh jordan took it well let's happen too let's get to our intro uh welcome back to pretty 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 good we are here today to discuss season nine episode six the accidental text on purpose which originally aired on november 5th 2017 uh, we, we discussed last week how uh, that was just a couple days before the Seinfeld uh, live episode. Jordan, were you there for that one? Uh, yes, I, yeah. I, I was there is that for the, the first, episode. Is that the first time we met in person? It, de- it definitely is. We didn't really talk much. You were doing your fantasy football mm. trade. Yes. Uh, but, <laughs> but we, we did yes. meet. We met briefly uh, and uh, we, we didn't talk all, all, that, all that much. Though. I think I, uh, our first real meeting when, when you were paying attention to me was, was at your house for the, <laughs> for the, uh, the serial was, tournament. Which, what was the first the serial tournament was first? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that during a Yankees playoff game? Uh, yes, it was. And we had the Yankee game on. Yes. All right, so you'll excuse me. I have overtime of an NBA regular season game in the background, which is just as important as Yankee playoff game. Let's discuss uh, the accidental. Um, Well, just for a second, what's interesting is that I believe the the only time I've ever met Jordan was at my house. So it's interesting that like Jordan has this trend where he just like (laughs) shows up at people's houses that he's never met before. Yes, I (laughs) I, I will hang out in the living room or the basement (laughs) of any Jew's house. Uh, I'm I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> the food based bracket it will is being held there. Yeah. yeah. I like to go, I like to go and I like to, you know, the observe the complexities of all of our brains. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll give you guys a sneak there. peek. Uh there might be another food based tournament uh, next Sunday. Ooh. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Um Mr. Uh, Mr. Wienicker will be uh coming to town and I think we might be doing something That's there. That's Dr. Wienicker. Yes. Well, we'll get, we'll get to Dr. Wienicker in good time. Uh, so again, let's discuss the excellent text on purpose. Uh we'll start with you Jordan. Have you ever sent an accidental text on purpose? So I, I know it's something that I've talked about with my friend group uh, before. I have a lot of friends who who are very into Kirby enthusiasts, and basically my whole my whole high school friend group, which was just like the you know the kids I went to Hebrew school with and uh, and hung out with on like a daily basis, all big Curb fans. Like since we were in in middle school, probably maybe high school. Um, but I so I have just discussed the accidental text on purpose. It's definitely a funny idea that we that I that I've wanted to do. I don't think I've actually ever done it before. Ever? Wow. What about you, Av? I've definitely never done it because it's just like, I don't know, it would come off, I feel like, so obvious. I feel this is actually like hard to execute. Well, yeah, you have to um, be like, more what's the explanation? The ones that Larry's proposing in this But also, this it's episode. like, how, do, I guess, like, it's like you could, if they're like, they are the last person in your. Well, hold on. You've sent text. accidental texts 
on accident before. Oh, on accident, yes. Yeah. Accident. yeah. And by the way, well, I like, say usually it's because I like said on to fit with the purpose thing. But. Yeah, but usually it's because like someone has like a very similar name, um, or you have like two people saved in your phone just with Brian, and you don't put their last names. And yeah. They both happen to be assistant I, coaches. Yes. Literally, literally before this this podcast, I got an accidental call on accident from uh, <laughs> my my friend's that. girlfriend. My friend is named Jordan, and I got a call from her. Mm. Uh, so um, it, that 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 was uh, literally. literally Five minutes ago, uh, right before we got on the Zoom call. Mm. Um, so I, the, a slight co- a cousin of the accidental text on purpose, which I've done, I wouldn't say frequently, but with not, you know, not that rarely, is where you you type the message, you're about to click send, you realize, oh wait, this is not the the person or the group to whom I intend to send it, but then you start to pause and think, but it's kind of funny to to accidentally quote unquote send it to this group, and then you send anyways. I do that sometimes, once in a while. Okay, so now that now that I think about it, I was once taught um, or learned somehow this um, accidental chat on purpose, but like as a as like a joke, like you would like intentionally write something in like a text group or something that like seems like it's like very mysterious and cryptic, and they'll be like, "Oh, sorry, wrong group," <laughs> and everyone's like, "Well, what, what is that?" And you're like, "Oh, sorry, no, wrong group." Yeah, just I, I really just to tease your friends. You're saying, yeah, the, the closest. Yeah. But do you delete yeah, it or you leave like, it there? Um, I don't remember what I did. Oh, because the other one, I do like someone did it to me, and then I did it. Oh, I do like in a group to send a message and then delete it, and then all of a sudden, whoa, what you delete? What you delete? Because it's like this FOMO. Like people need to know what they're missing out on. Right. right. They figure, oh, it's deleted. It must have been really juicy. Yeah. the 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 closest I guess I really have to the accidental text on purpose is right after this episode aired. Like I told you, so my my friends, we we talk about the episode. We have a group chat about it, and we were sending accidental text on purpose to the group chat which which were not really accidental texts at all it was like oh yeah you know what i would never tell uh tell my friend jeremy this but he's a really stand-up guy i appreciate being his friend <laughs> yeah so d- didn't larry sort of blow up the spot of the accidental text on purpose by making a whole episode about it uh yeah i mean look if that's if that's his move in in, in real life uh i i guess he he did he probably can't use it anymore unless you know unless the 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 women that he's he's dating in real life and i, I don't think larry's not remarried right he's is he still single no he's dating he is remarried they're engaged or married um i don't know okay. so, I guess he doesn't need disabled, it. so i can't google anything during this episode <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I mean, look, if he if he was, you know, at the time, I guess he was he was dating, and if he was using this on on uh, women that he was dating, I guess if they didn't watch Curb, he'd still be in the clear. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how do you date someone who has a show in which they play a fictionalized version of themselves, they're the creator, the like the writer, and and not watch the show? You'd probably watch the show. Yeah, although none of it, well, he, bl- he blew I, up his own spot. I have a wife who would never listen to any podcast I'm on. So, <laughs> I had a show, um, I don't Jordan, Tim- either. Since since we have you here, I have a little um, we'll call it Twitch with a with a C this weekend or that week in Curve history. Oh, okay. Uh, did you know that it was that uh, the Saturday night before this Sunday, uh, Larry David was this, this was the second time he had hosted SNL. Um, I, I mean, and, I definitely watched. I'm not an SNL guy, but I definitely yeah. watched when uh, when he was hosting. I didn't. Was I didn't this the one where he did the stand up bit, the opening set yes. about this was um, this was the controversy. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. I yeah, love I, 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 I agree. Like, it was yeah. Larry, Larry and Stan, like I'll, I'll enjoy whatever he puts in. No, it was very good. We say as Jews, the Gentile laughs at it, they're not Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even smirks. Yeah. This is our joke. Only we can say it. Um, yeah. My, my, my mother-in-law definitely, I don't know if she saw it, but if she did, she would have definitely thought it was deeply uh, anti-Semitic and terrible. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure my, my entire family would be in the same camp, but, yeah. you know, um, to each yeah. their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As it relates to the Holocaust. Yes. <laughs> um, 
we um yeah some some um I think some notes from the news. We, it was interesting. This was a week where we had a pretty solid note from the news that then yes. got like totally um, eclipsed. You know, we had first earlier in the week we had this Snoop Dogg release. Um, you could, if you hadn't heard it, you heard it at the end of Thirty Two Fans this week. Um, yeah, this like Snoop. I didn't Snoop know. Dogg I wanted to share the... it on a podcast, but I figured we don't like we don't really have a space for it on on the on this podcast, so I stuck it on that podcast. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we're not gonna play the song, I guess, but you know, you could check it out. Um, it was fine. Yeah, Snoop, Snoop I mean, dropped I'm the not... song over the Curb uh, theme song. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I thought I said yeah. that. Okay, yeah. Sorry, Crib if I didn't. Um, yeah, Crib your enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Um, yeah, it was fine. Um, I thought it was similar to the one you know. Didn't somebody did one on like a Fallon right earlier this year? Yeah, there, yeah. Live on the air. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that there was controversy talking about Snoop Dogg uh, about yeah. him apparently smoking a joint before before his performance? What do you mean? Was, Con- controversy needs to be like seventeen fucking, quotation marks it's, there. It's Snoop. Yeah. No. Co- okay. Yeah. Of course. But it's the like controversy the would Twitter. be if he didn't smoke weed before he went on stage. I ex- exactly. What do you, you? It's Snoop Dogg. What do you want? It's I'm also it's also it literally legal. Yeah. He was. Back. Yeah. He was in California. He was like, doing oh, yeah, no, no, nothing okay. illegal. I mean, probably. Have you never heard of Snoop Dogg? These these are yeah. definitely people who had, had did not know who Snoop Dogg was. Before, no, these are people who were who were looking to come, find uh, bullshit. To come no, to be fair, you know, you know, be you know, small C conservatives. Like, you know, if there's ever a time that we want to avail themselves of, you know, like the full federal power of the United States, it's to stop stoners from smoking weed. Like, yeah. that's that's really where we should like draw the line. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so let's talk about so Jeff Schaefer, the showrunner creator of the league uh, and of course uh the uh the co-show, the co-show runner along with larry of curb the last several seasons former guest right. pretty pretty good we were emailing with him in december and he said yeah i would love to come back on your podcast at the end of season 11 to discuss the season and then all of a sudden he became very busy and it turns out uh there was an article in the new york times maybe i can share it in the show notes describing the uh the ld ad that was on during the super bowl which was directed by jeff schaefer and the insane amount of work that went into it in like a very short period of time, because like they only came up with the, they only like got like engaged on the concept in like November, December. And they had to film, they filmed, I think something absurd, like 200 hours or just some insane amount of film that they did for their 60 second commercial. Um, and so, yeah, that's why Jeff was very busy. And um, I think it was worth it. I mean, it would have been nice to have him on pretty, pretty, pretty good, but that was a very good ad. Yeah, I mean, you were assuming that it's because of this and not just because he decided he wanted to. Also fair, yeah. No, but, I mean, he's, he said he wanted to, and then, you know, he disappeared. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Super Bowl Chesters. Yeah. Super Bowl Chesters. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you don't follow. think we have 101 million listeners to this podcast? <laughs> I think you have a, a, maybe 99. I don't know if you've reached the, the yeah. 100 million yet. Yeah, so I didn't see this commercial until, like, today. Um, Wait, Because, like, what? I totally missed it at the Super Bowl. Yeah. But, but um, we were talking about for the last two days <laughs> i know i just i like, didn't get around to watching it like i had everything saved i was like, planning to watch uh, it i don't know insane. whatever okay all right it's it's well, not I, a long commercial yeah i know did you read uh, the well, new I saw, like, part of it. I sent you? yeah i read yeah. it before i watched it Wait, i you, mean like i knew the gist of it weirder. okay no right. i mean like i heard like i was at a super bowl party i was like it was at a, it was a commercial right or it was it was at the end of halftime no it was a com- it was uh, the first half second quarter i think Okay, whatever. Um, so like, I wasn't paying attention. I was like walking, like get, going to get food. All of a sudden, like I hear someone like says to me, like you should podcast about that. Oh. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And then I look, and they're like, I'm like, and like I see like a man in a beard. They're like, that's Larry David. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I, I had stood. I had stood up to go to the bathroom, uh, and 
as I'm walking to the bathroom, the bathroom is like right off the uh, the living room at my at my friend's house where I went for the Super Bowl party. I hear a voice. I was like, I know that voice. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I, I went back to my seat and waited till the next commercial break. Uh, and and it was to- totally worth it. I'm not I'm not a crypto guy, but who cares? It's 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 Larry. Yeah, uh, there there is something so costumes. funny to me. The premise, the like Larry lives his life really convinced that he's a victim. And it's like a running gag on the show, but like, like that's the whole premise of the show, like uh, of the commercial that Larry's always wrong about everything that Larry never has good insight. Like, I mean, Larry had enough good ideas to invent like two of the most popular shows <laughs> of all time and become like a half a billionaire. So right. I, I, feel I mean, like- one, one, literally the most successful television show in history, right? Yes. Across the board. Right. Yes. And also think of how many things he invented on the show. Like, like he invents like catchphrases, which go viral across the country. He invented a fake holiday. Right. Like, I mean, he's like, he's actually very good at coming up with things. So um yeah. yeah yeah mike pesca kind of had this take oh okay. i don't think you heard that um I'm yeah he, he was saying something similar yeah. that like, like right that he even like he even said like larry specifically on the phone is like always on on the show is like always like trying to invent things and like has like clever ideas like yeah. he's like he's like not really <laughs> that guy um but it, it is consistent with like the popular portrayal of larry Davis. well it's definitely like, consistent curmud- I think, like an old curmudgeon and with his but his self-perception right like like he thinks that like he's had a miserable life and God screwed him because he's bald. He's like, why don't I believe in God because I'm bald? Like, forget about the half a billion dollars and the massive success and the right. beautiful women and everything else. Yeah, everything everything else was out the door yes. once he was bald. Yeah, um, be like Larry. Dude, they should be saying be like Larry. That should be the yes. hashtag. Exactly. Yeah. So then, whatever. Larry, so then I everybody heard everybody was like Larry David. People's lives would be much better. So then I heard that this this commercial is controversial. Is that the case, or is this also not really controversial? Among who? I don't know. I saw. I didn't even want to click it because I'm like, this is too stupid to like even look at. Like, uh, yeah, don't give it commercials. Yeah, but like maybe it's legitimate. I have no idea. I just didn't want to bother. What I'm was the to me? Did, did you guys scan the QR code on the other crypto commercial? Someone in the party I was at did. No, a, a I child. Did. I couldn't actually, res- I couldn't. I couldn't resist. I had to scan it. Uh, but they said what? what it was at the end of the commercial anyway. True. You yeah, know, I, I scanned it before we got. It was to that for Coinbase, point. right? And, and you know what? I kind of lost respect for them when when they when when they showed. Uh, yeah, the if you're gonna do it, go all out. Yeah. Yeah. Go all out. exactly. Right. This was this was like it was well. a very commercial. We just see like the uh, you know like the thing in the from the office basically, which is the yeah. the, the uh, uh, screensaver thing going across the screen, uh, and it's it's the QR code. Um, I I, I think they. Uh, I mean, it's pro- look, it's probably better for them. You see, everyone then sees it. Everyone who didn't scan it right. sees the name. Yeah. But I don't know. I would have more respect for them if they didn't show it. Wait, yeah. wait. Um, no, what it's, is it's, the alleged controversy about the? About the I don't know. I, I don't know, and I can't Google because my keyboard's disabled. Oh, so okay. I mean, could, I, I saw. Give it a shot. I saw Slate had an article ranking all the commercials, and they ranked all, every commercial for any crypto currency like at the bottom because they just thought it was sort of like Pets.com, like uh, like a bubble, and which like the the item that is being advertised for is not what you're ranking. You're ranking the entertainment no, the value. Of the, yeah. Exactly. So who gives a shit whether it should be yeah. doing. Yeah. So they were like mad at Larry David for like endorsing crypto because they were adopting an anti-crypto stance or whatever, which, you know, take, you know, take right. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably what it was. So probably people are like, he like, he shouldn't be promoting this thing that is, uh, is a Ponzi scheme or whatever. And yeah. now people are going to lose their money because Larry David told them to invest in this. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I have some I, people <laughs> I'm in on crypto, so I'm fine yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think anyone who was going to invest in crypto is still going to invest in crypto. No one is saying, Oh, Larry David was in the commercial. I have to invest in crypto now. I think, I, I don't think there's going to be that many people. I, I think it's just a good commercial. It was fun. Yeah. It was entertaining. In the, yeah, article, the New York agree. Times, they don't quote Larry, but they quote Schaefer expressly as saying he doesn't know anything about crypto and he wants to get paid in uh, actual <laughs> cash. 
not in crypto. <laughs> you know what? Well, that's right. That's funny. That's great. Larry, Larry seems to be to be out on, on crypto. If you watch the commercial, he's anti-crypto. So actually, uh, he's 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 doing the opposite of endorsing crypto. Yeah. So this is a pro Larry podcast. Uh, effectively means that we are anti-cryptocurrency. We're pro right, appearing right, commercial sport. The uh, the, when the crypto company is trying to make a statement by inference yeah. that crypto is good because Larry David says it's bad. Yeah. Good call, Jared. That's a good point. When when Matis Yahoo was really big, um, Burger King tried to get him to be in a commercial in which he would say, "I won't eat it, but you should." <laughs> which which he <laughs> that's re- funny. Which he refused <laughs> to do because he didn't want to be encouraging anybody who may be uh, Jewish to be eating crypto. Uh, Tell crypto. that to the five members of our high school who were kicked out of school for eating at Burger King. Did that actually happen, or was that an apocryphal story? I think it happens. Oh, okay. Not in our grade, though. It was like seniors. When we no, were the grade above us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, the grade wide above us. Just one grade above us. Okay. Yeah. Out. Out of the school. Mm. Done. Much like the Hornets. Out of Minnesota with a loss. All right, right. On that note, is it time for us to uh, jump into the accidental text on purpose? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we start out in Larry's hotel and he's packing his clothes while at the same time trying to watch Arabesque, a 1966 comedy thriller spy film starring Gregory Peck and Sophia Loren based on The Cypher, a 1961 novel. Now, hold on, Av, did you know it was Arabesque before Larry tells us that in the next scene? Of course not. Oh, okay. All right. Because I'm glad he told us because otherwise I would. Yeah. No, no, I've literally never heard of this movie. Yeah. Sorry, Owen. I'm sure we'll get to the postman. You'll you know tell say why it's you know a great movie that I won't like. Um, um, yeah, so he's very riveted by this film, like, and he's uh, so riveted that he b- b- ends up running late, and he's running to the gate to catch his plane, and he you know screams ahead to the passenger ahead of him to hold the door, but he does not. The door gets slammed, and he like goes over to the woman who's standing at the desk. I guess I got a flight attendant yet. I don't know what's the name of that person. Gate agent. I guess. Gate agent. Okay, sure. Sounds good enough. Now, I need to say, um, this gate agent is <laughs> extraordinarily, like, over-the-top nice. She's like, I'm so sorry. I know how frustrating this is. She's the nicest service person I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's interesting, because usually yeah, on Seinfeld and Curb, they portray these people as being sort of, like, obnoxious and, like, you know, obstinate and difficult. But, like, here she's, like, very over-the-top nice. She can't help him, but she's very nice about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, she rebooks him, I guess. Um... Yeah, you know, it's a, apparently it's against federal law to open yes. up the doors no, once I've heard they have been closed. Yeah, so I've, I I think I've only seen that. I don't know if – is this a real thing because I've only yes. seen it. I mean, I had it happen to me, so yes. You have had it. Okay, so yeah. when the doors close well, – I mean, Just because they don't do it doesn't mean it's federal if the planes, law. If the plane's still there, why can't you open the door? It's just a door. I agree with Larry here. I mean, look, I get, I, I don't blame the, 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 uh, uh, the agent. Uh, it's against, it's against regulations. I think her, her, one of my favorite lines of the episode is when she says that the, um, uh, unfortunately the golden rule isn't a federal regulation. <laughs> um, but yeah, why, why, why is this door so powerful? It's not the plane still there. The plane's still there. Maybe it's like some like security measure where it's like they're, they need to establish like chain of custody from the time. Ah, who the hell knows? They, you know, some bureaucrat made a rule and now that's the law for everybody. Why right, do you so, still have yeah. to take your shoes off? I don't I'm know. reading right now an article on travelersunited.org. <laughs> Here we go. Which says that the 10 minute rule is not a law. It's just a, 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 a rule that airlines apply. 
not federal mm-hmm. law. Okay. So the not agent airplane is a liar. And by the way, this is the same flight that is allowing a passenger to bring an aerosol can onto the flight, and they're not letting Larry in the door two seconds after it closed. Yeah. Yeah, they're very um, all over the place about uh, picking and choosing what they enforce. Um. So yeah. So um, he's like, yeah. Well, does okay, that make you on, a magician? Okay, I'm, I'm reading further. It says, although okay. flight attendants often say this is due to FAA regulations, it is actually not the case. So yeah, these flight attendants are liars. If I ever they're miss liars. a flight, I'm I'm bring, taking out this information. <laughs> yeah, they're liars. They're magicians. He's like, mm-hmm. but it's right there. He's yeah. like, consider it as if it's not there. It's, yeah. as for you know, as it relates to you, it's not there. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, well, are you some sort of magician that you like doing some trick? Because like I can see it, it must be some sort of magic trick. Um, do you, Alex? Do you think she would have taught Larry the trick if he was also a magician? Ah. <laughs> no, but she because she's a magician, she could tell that Larry wasn't one though. Well, of course, Larry's that one. They're, you know, yes. all the magicians so far on the podcast and on the show have uh, recognized Larry to not be a magician. Yes, definitely. Um, so I guess season two callback. <laughs> yeah, what season so, was that? That was a great. Um, it was early. Yeah. It was early. It was definitely early. Um, was it trick or treat? Because he's in costume. That's he's cool. in costume, but I don't think it was trick or treat. No, I don't think so. Let's see. I could figure. It. Oh no, I, can't I can't because I can't type. I'm forgetting that. <laughs> <laughs> all right i was gonna search my notes but all right whatever it's fine um, it, was, it was the one where, La- where with like jonah friedlander is in that episode right yeah um, wait is that the same yes because they all get the trick with yeah. the car wash with the car wash yes yeah. good call I don't, I don't remember what the, yeah i don't remember that the name of that one yeah all right nevertheless all right, let's go. Um, so, yeah, you said he plays the golden rule card, uh, but unfortunately, the golden rule is not a federal regulation, as uh, Jordan said. Um, Larry thinks that the golden, the golden rule should trump everything, including federal law. <laughs> um, I'm not sure where that quite fits in with the supremacy clause, but I'll, uh, I guess I'll double check that. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, know, I, mean, I, go- I feel like Larry, Larry, Larry is using, uh, using that argument here, but I don't think Gar- uh, Larry David typically lives by the, uh, the golden rule trumping everything else. <laughs> no, well, Larry's very clear on curb that rules only apply unless they're inconvenient to him. To other people. Yeah, he has said that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, correct. Yeah, unless it's me, like, of I mean, there, I mean, there is a little golden rule-esque thing with Larry where the way that, like, once he learns of a rule, he then, like, always tries to, like, equitably apply the rule in some other situation. Like, that is part of his ethos is is the golden rule on some level, even if it's done, like, in a very perverse Larry David way. Yeah. Um, but again, as long as yeah. it doesn't harm him. The yeah, golden no, rule I mean, for Larry is that Larry comes <laughs> He definitely has a very self-serving approach yes. to, to, to the golden rule as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she tells him, you know, you're actually in luck because there's a seat on the next plane. And, you know, that wasn't going to necessarily be the case. And he's like, well, is it the first class? And she says, sorry, alas, it is not. Um, but it's an aisle seat, which is kind of a miracle at this point. And now, hold know, on. in the meantime, you Wait, be- where is Larry? Do we know where he is? No, no, I don't. They never explain it. All right, yeah. wherever you know he's he going is, to LA, but he's flying from New York, wherever he is, back to LA. Are like, isn't it worth it for Larry to wait for the next flight on which is a first class seat? Like, is, does he so desperately need to get back to LA right away? Like, well, he, he doesn't want to just like sit in the airport. 
But uh, that's another thing. She says to him, go get a Wetzel's pretzels. Larry can go sit in the like the lounge if he bought a first class seat, even if he's no longer first class in the next one, he can go sit in the lounge still. Here, here's the other thing. Who calls the <laughs> go sit the in the lounge for an hour and a half and wait for the next first class seat? That's much more convenient if, if you're like Larry David and you're used to flying first yeah. class. Have you have you ever heard anyone else refer to the airport terminal as a mall? Uh, <laughs> she calls the, it a mall. The Minneapolis. Well, so, uh, some so. of them are like malls, essentially. No, they're like malls, but I've never heard yeah. anyone call it a mall. And also, this is another reason. Like, there's so many examples in Curb of Larry not taking uh, advantage of the fact that he's basically he's a billionaire, right? Is Larry David a billionaire? Definitely a half, multi, yeah. Half. He's got he's got to be like yeah. He's, Although he's he was a there, half right? in like 2001, maybe he's got uh, he's probably a full by now. Yeah, but like okay, so 2017, maybe he's like almost a billionaire. If you're Larry David, you you go like you go somewhere like get get a night like a nice hotel, the nice, and then the next day you take a first class flight. Like yeah, for me, this is exactly this is what I would do if I you know if I uh, couldn't get on the flight, I would just take the whatever the next flight was or the cheapest flight. Yeah, we need a compelling flight. reason why he needs to get back to LA right away because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. No, well he's got the big dinner with uh, at Funkhauser's house. <laughs> oh, you can't miss the dinner at Funkhauser's <laughs> where he's going to insult everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a, he's that's a that's a given though. He knows that he's going to insult everyone at, at every dinner he goes to. Try try to think of what it would actually require in like your life to get kicked out of like a social dinner with friends. <laughs> it's like an uh, incredibly high bar. It's definitely yeah, although although we'll get to it, it happens. You know, for a relative a relatively minor thing. You know, Larry David considering. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, she's a. Uh... She, she, she's not ready to tolerate Larry. Yeah, like this is like nowhere. Cl- this is like not on the top hundred like horrible things that Larry has said to to somebody. Yeah, like I don't uh, like the water, yes, like the course. tap water in your house. Like, all right, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, maybe, so yeah, maybe well, over- maybe Larry was in New York and he uh, he he got like uh, spoiled by the uh, the tap water that we have here, which is basically bottled water. Yes, New York City is very good water. Yeah, so he was still coming off the New York City water. If, it, if this had been two weeks in the f- in the future, he's already back on that California water. It's all good. Um, so yeah, so on the plane, uh, Larry tries to go on, and the flight attendant, you know, shows him towards his seat, and he's like, "Hey, are there any seats available in first class?" Still, and she's like, "No, sorry, the plane is full." Because that's how it works. He's like, "Yeah, he's like." Um, By the way, but well, it like- should. I, I have long said this. Like when you get on a plane, if there's an empty seat in business class or first class. They should auction it off live on the plane among the people in economy. <laughs> it's free revenue for the people uh, for, for the airline. And then I've heard the argument, well, but it's not fair to the people in business class who paid full freight like right up front. Like, well, that's to guarantee yourself a seat or you can risk going to the auction. It's like a monopoly. You can buy, you can go to the auction and maybe you'll get it for less or maybe you'll get it for more. And if you want to guarantee yourself the seat, you don't wait to that. When you I've, go to a baseball game and they do like a seat upgrade competition, like it's a, no one says, oh, the people in the 200 level, uh, they paid full price for their seats. Nobody yeah, says No, that. I feel very strongly about this. I once flew to Hong Kong and I flew in a middle seat economy <laughs> and it was miserable for like a 16 hour flight or 14 hours, whatever the hell that is. It was, it was so miserable. And there were mm-hmm. empty seats in business class. And I would have, if however much cash I had on hand, I, I would have dropped a thousand dollars for that. Because do you, like, do you think you could have, you could have like stealthily like snuck into business class? Oh, I'll, I'll, I, I did, and I got kicked okay, out. That, oh man, yeah, so I, I have never in my life, I, I have never in my life sat anywhere except for uh, for economy. But the the middle seat is rough. Like I don't mind flights. I don't mind the, the window seat. I prefer the aisle seat. Uh, and I and I try like as you know, I I, always, I try to use airlines that where I could like guarantee my seat before before I go on the flight. The middle seat is really if you're especially if you're with strangers is is a disaster if it's a long flight 
Yeah, for a short flight, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I did. Gonna, I did. Is, I, did Israel, to LA. Is, I did Israel do New York once in the middle seat. That, that, that was a rough flight. Yeah, that's not ideal. It's interesting. I I went on one trip that checks both of these boxes for the only time in my life that I either sat in first class or missed a flight, which are things that happened in this episode. Uh, we're both on my trip two or three years ago to Kansas City, where I sat in first class on the way there, although it was like not real first class. Like it was like whatever. Um, Domestic. Like I got, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not even it was like it was like to Kansas City, like it wasn't even a long flight. And it was like it was no it was no different than a regular seat. Like I got like a drink or something, whatever. Um, And then on the way back was the only time in my life I've ever uh, missed a flight. Oh, Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Covered all the bases. (laughs) Covered all the bases on the same trip. Yeah. Um, Have never done either before or after. So I hopefully I hope to do first class more often than missing flights. Yeah. Have you ever been on a flight where you knew somebody that was uh, it was in a seat near you? That you weren't traveling with, just like like Larry meets the uh, that that doctor. Uh, well, yeah. yes, many times because I've flown yeah. Israel and I'm a Jew. So okay, yes, that and also I, just I, like I <laughs> I fly I've flown to and from Florida right around the you know Passover yes. time. Uh, okay. or, I mean, like winter or break time. Sh- yeah, I just did. Yeah, I knew half the people on the plane. Yeah. Wow. So I think I I think I asked the wrong people this question. Yes, exactly. But yeah, the, the the one the one time that Jews happened traveled to, to the same places at the same time and yeah. all know each other. <laughs> the the yeah. one time that ever that ever did happen to me was uh, it was actually a New, New Year's Day. Uh, fr- the same flight from from Israel to New York. I actually uh, ran into one of the students. Where, oh, so you're the same uh, as the rest uh, of us. Yeah, but yeah, where I coach. Exactly. But I've only been to Israel once, though, so it's a little bit different. I, I wasn't expecting that. I also ran into my cousins at the airport in in, uh, in Israel. Uh, but yeah, I was I was on a flight like four four rows behind uh, a student where I where I, I coach at a Jewish private school. So. so. Yeah, and I, even here it's two Jews, so it's like it's, we haven't even shown anything in the in the show. Like it, you know, Goyim don't recognize other Goyim on planes. Like, I think we've established that it's yeah. just a Jewish. I, I was once on a plane to Israel, and there was an ultra orthodox fellow who uh, was sitting next to a, a young woman and felt a little bit uncomfortable doing so, and so the flight attendant came up to me and said, "I, I was in an aisle seat a couple rows away." and was next to a non young woman and said, excuse me, the gentleman there feels uncomfortable sitting next to a a young woman. Do you mind switching? And I was like, well, of course I'd much rather sit next to a young woman than like this fat slob middle-aged man I'm sitting next to. So I'm like, yeah, the win for me. And then I went and took the seat and I sat down and it was this girl that I knew and was extremely annoying. And I was like, oh shit, I just committed to this for 12 hours. And then I realized (laughs) the ultra Orthodox guy probably didn't not sit with her for religious reasons. He probably didn't want to sit with her because he sat for 10 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, she's a nightmare. Yeah, so that, that that one backfired on me. Anyway, uh, if you might know who she is, I can tell you off the air. All right, cool. All right, let's go back to Curb. Okay, one second. It says I have to, I'm trying to figure out my thing. I have to hold down the right shift key for eight seconds. Let's see if that works. All right, that sounds very good. Okay, so I'll take it. So a uh, second. Larry keeps uh, going down and, and comes to his seat. And who does he see in the window seat? It's none other than Dr. Nathan Wieneker. Played by Ed Bagley Jr. Uh, by the way, I, I asked Akiva, uh, there is no Dr. Wienerker in his family. Mm-hmm. That's surprising. And I will say, I would, uh, I would have, I guess there'd be at least one Dr. Wienerker. Had there been, I would have proposed such a person be our guest tonight. But yes, alas, <laughs> we have no we have no doctors, Wienerker. We have rabbis and misters and misses. And um, I don't know what title Akiva gets, but yeah, no, no doctors. Yeah. <laughs> but here, here we get Dr. Nathan. Does, does Akiva get a title? Hmm. I don't know. I think he's a mister. Yeah. Oh, expert. 
Um, yeah, so he like he wants to put together a foursome for golf, right? He yeah. wants uh, him and Jeff and Marty and Larry. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, I think we could do better than uh, Doctor Wienoker as our, the fourth in our regular group. Uh, I'd rather have Leon in there for sure. Yeah, have Leon, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Wienoker isn't going to be part of any great curb foursome. It's like yeah. you you have like three potential Mount Rushmore members of Curve Enthusiasm, and then this one guy who thinks he's part of the crew, who's who's clearly not because he's in one episode of the show. Yeah, I'd even I even take cousin Andy over this guy. Oh yeah, I take cousin Andy. I I I would take uh, I would take Cheryl. She doesn't golf, but I would take Cheryl <laughs> over, over this guy. I take I take the Shucker. The Shucker's coming in a few episodes. <laughs> the Shucker's not bad. Yeah, this guy's not great. Crazy Eyes um, Killer. Yeah, oh, Crazy Eyes Killer for sure. We would take, but yeah, that would be an interesting foursome if that ever got put together. Um. So yeah. So what. This lady comes uh, running down the aisle, and uh, she's going to take the seat between Larry and Dr. Wienoker. And um, in the meantime, Larry goes up to first class, and he's like, oh, look, I found an empty seat over here. Like, no big deal. I'll just sit in it. Uh, that's how this works, right? And, you know, he tries to uh, sweet talk her. He's like, listen, you know, if you upgrade me, I can upgrade you. Um, what is he, what's he offering her here? Like, what's, what's going on here? I mean, is it not uh, two minutes in the bathroom with uh, Larry David? A wonderful experience that we'll, is he offering her money? Like what? Like, he like he's just so cryptic. It's a weird euphemism, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe he's like gonna gonna slip her a twenty, like he he tried to do with the yeah. with the pharmacist, and that didn't work out so well. You can't bribe a pharmacist, apparently. Yeah, or, I think you get, this is going to take uh, this is going to take more than twenty bucks. This is going to be you know he better have some Benjamin Franklin's in there. Yeah, and again, you're Larry David. Like, give her a thousand dollars. It's worth it for you, right? Yeah, a thousand dollars means nothing to this guy. Give her a part in the Fatwa show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes in a future season. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So um. Once you know, once everyone sits down, she's like, "Hey, I just wanted to ask you a favor." Um, it happens to be I have a medical condition that involves an overactive bladder, and I was wondering, would you be willing to switch seats with me um, so that way, like, I don't have this issue with um, having to go to the bathroom? And he's like, you know, I would, but, like, I really don't want to move to the middle seat because I find it to be very claustrophobic there. Now, I, I, do, I do love how they introduce her. Like, she gets on the plane, and immediately we hear in the background, what do we hear again? Rhapsody in Blue. Um, yeah, Rhapsody in yeah, Blue. Rhapsody. And it's like, you know, sexy woman music. And you're like, ooh, la la, who's this? And then immediately she drops the urinary infection. And then moments later, once she actually gets the seat, we're going to see she's filing her nails. She's flossing. She's like actually like not at all sexy. She's the most disgusting person in the universe. And I just um, love how they zag there monster. because as she gets on the plane, you're thinking like, oh, there's going to be some kind of like, you know, like love triangle between her and Dr. Wienerker and uh, Larry. But uh, mm -hmm. not to be. I I think it was a little bit out of character for Larry to, to move his seat. I mean, I, like originally he does stand his ground, but then mm. she, he could tell she's just going to keep talking about it the whole flight. But like, if you're Larry, I mean, I know how I am on flights. I, I don't really sleep on planes. Like if, if someone's in the, I'm not giving up an aisle seat for a middle seat to someone I don't know. And you could just get up. Like, it's not that big of a deal. She needs to get up. You get up, let her out. She doesn't even get up for Larry later in the episode. So this, this person is really horrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other thing is like, it's not, if she needs a, an aisle seat because she has this medical condition. The onus is not on like the one middle, the, the one person who happens to be sitting in the aisle near where she's sitting. Like there's every single aisle seat on the plane is a potential option. And she should speak to the flight attendant. I agree. And, and if we saw it, look, except she probably, she probably asked the gate agent. It failed. And now she's like, Oh, let me see if this guy's a fryer. 
we we know there's a seat in business class that, that mm. the uh, the airline could have uh, upgraded her to with her yeah. with her medical condition. I thought actually I remember watching the episode for the first time and thinking that that's where that was going, where they were going to give her the business class or first class seat, and Larry was going to go nuts and say you, you give it to her. Yeah. By the way, June Diane Raphael is Paul Shearer's wife in real life and was also mm-hmm. in the league. So that's another week, huh. another uh, leaguer here on Curb. Yeah, we're on a quite of a quite of a run with the league uh, crossovers. Um, Jeff Schaefer uh, doing his best work here. Um, yeah, so it's funny though you mentioned it because it's like the montage with the way they 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 shoot it. It's like she's really just like a better looking Irma Kostrowski, right? Like she's very much in similar <laughs> with just like the very outward, just her like behavior. tending to herself, like her yeah. behavior, right? Yeah, and it's like her daughter. But she's like presents as otherwise like much more attractive. So mm-hmm. it's like you don't like it's not as bad. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like good naked and bad naked. Mm, yeah. You know, good, good blowing your nose and bad blowing your nose. You know, there's different levels, I guess. Yeah. You'll tolerate it depending on the source, yeah. who the blower is. <laughs> were, right. were either of you triggered by the end of that montage where it's just uh, the, 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 what was it? BB is her name? Yeah. What's her name? Yeah. BB and uh, Dr. Winokur just sitting there blowing their nose like <laughs> in the middle. Like in, in the COVID age, that does not, does not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah then she, it's finally when she pulls out the floss and Larry, like that, he puts the kibosh on it. Like, all right, yeah. that's it. I'm, I'm saying something. I've seen people cutting their nails and flossing and stuff like that on subways. I don't think I've seen mm-hmm. it on an airplane. Yeah. I've definitely seen it on the subway. Yeah. I've seen far worse things on the subway also. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah, so we uh, so we take off, and uh, after we've flown a little bit, Larry turns around and sees that there's like a whole commotion going on, and the uh, flight attendant is see, you know attending to a passenger who seems to be sick, and like we hear over the PA, they announce you know hey there's a sick passenger, is there a doctor on board who can help? And Larry turns to Doctor Winoker, and he's like, you gotta go help! Oh my God, like do you hear? They need a doctor, and he's like, he's mm, he'll be fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. The guy over there, you gotta go help him, and he's like, Larry. Is this what you want to go through? You want to go through an emergency landing, spend the night at a Days Inn in Lubbock, Texas, and you'll get a fifteen dollar <laughs> voucher to a Cinnabon? And like Larry can't believe it that this doctor is just. But I don't it. understand Doctor Wienerker's logic here. Like, how would the doctor attending to him lead to an emergency landing? If anything, not having a doctor would be even more necessary to have an emergency landing. Well, maybe if there's no doctor, he'll just die, and then they don't oh. need to like land. I- they if a passenger with dies a dead, in a plane, I, I think I they think... would definitely land if the passenger yeah, I have no idea. Died. I don't know the protocol. Yeah, I don't really understand the logic here. You know, yeah. it's if he federal law. Get in... If there's yeah. no doctor, you have to land. Yeah. What's, the golden rule? What's, the, what's the golden rule? If a passenger dies, it... yeah, I, you know, if a passenger dies, I think the golden rule would say just go to the destination, do unto others what you Correct. want to do unto you. Like Correct. If I were a, a living person on the plane, I'd want to go to my destination. And honestly, if I'm the dead person on the plane, I want everyone to go to their destination. You know why? Because I'm dead. I don't care. I don't matter anymore. All right. L- let the record show that all three of us are telling everyone here, if you are ever on a plane with one of us and we die, our desire is not for anyone on the, the plane to be inconvenienced. Yes. Yeah. And don't pay a lot of money for a coffin. Go to the destination. Let everyone else off the plane first. Our body will be last. We can wait. It doesn't really matter. We're dead. <laughs> it doesn't we matter. Right, to we're be. dead. We don't <laughs> have a connecting flight. Yeah. No, we got all day. Yeah. Do all us day. last. More than we can day. go last. Yeah. We could go last. That's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, I hope this doesn't end up screwing us over some way. How, how would it? I mean, I don't know. You never know. I don't know what happens. All right. I, I'm going to add a caveat. That's only if you're 100% sure we're dead. If we might be dead <laughs> or alive, definitely rush and get us off the plane. Oh, yeah. If we might be alive. Yeah. I mean, but if there's a doctor on the flight, they would be no. able to, unless they, unless they don't heed the call, like, like Dr. Vinoker, they, yeah. they would know if we were dead or alive. And I would hope that like an airline pilot or a, or, or a uh, flight attendant would be able to tell if somebody was dead or alive. Yeah. 
or just somebody who has like uh like cpr first aid training <laughs> um so yeah so um at some point uh, larry's the one who has to go to the bathroom and like he like asks her to get up and she's not really that cooperative and he has to like basically like, climb over her to get to the bathroom and the plane lands and Larry has made plans with Dr. Winoker to go play golf sometime. And this it's at this point that he's like actually mad at this woman. He's like, you made a whole big deal. You made me sit in the middle. You didn't even get up once to go to the bathroom. Like what's going on here? You know, one day you're really going to have to go use the bathroom and no one's going to let you. She'll have uromycetosis uh, poisoning. Yeah, she should have <laughs> learned the very the famous uh, Aesop fable about the mm. woman who cried over active bladder. <laughs> they won't believe you the next time. Yeah. Um, your mycetice is poisoning. Uh, very good. Uh, so yeah, so we we get home. Uh, Larry's dropped off at the house by the driver. All right, now hold on a and- second. Uh, because I went and checked the email that I sent to Rob and Akiva for their podcast that they did about this episode five years ago. Okay. And I was upset about the same thing then that I was upset about now. I checked. <laughs> How it surprised after. I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is. Why is Larry David parking his car on the street instead of on his driveway or his very ample garage? Because the episode needs to happen. Yeah, that's I mean, like, it doesn't make any, it's one thing to leave it on the street for an hour. I mean, it's weird. But like when you're gone for several days, it it, mm-hmm. it makes no fucking sense. Whatsoever. And you've seen the size of his house. It's not like he's I mean, look, it, we've seen it, the size it, of his it, driveway it, and garage. It's quite. No, it's insane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it makes it makes no sense. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, but like if I guess I guess if uh, if the car was in the driveway, maybe the guy's worried about like security cameras if you were to write messages on the car. Yeah, yeah, the episode doesn't work, so that's the real no. answer. But yeah, um, sorry. Yeah, so it says wash me all over it, and uh, Leon comes to welcome him, and he's like, "Oh, did you do this? Is this your handiwork?" And he's like, "No, um, you know," and they like they have no idea where he came from. Um, so Larry writes, uh, he fills in, he writes, "No, you wash me," <laughs> and underlines you. He's, yeah, he's, and he's and he, back he to the guy. Uh, made the point that he put a uh, very very uh, useful comma because he wanted yes. to be gr- grammatically correct. Yes. Um, you, you know, there there was actually a car once outside. This was pretty recent, a couple months ago, outside of my right out parked right in front of my building that. Had the same issue like it hadn't been moved in months it was covered in dirt and people were writing move your car and like there was like a lot of obscenities written on the car because it's taking up a parking space on the block one day i go down there and all the windows are smashed on the car someone must have gone down like in the middle of the night and i don't know how they i don't know if they got away with it or or not but like they completely destroyed the car and then finally the next day it was gone yeah that'll do it oh so that worked yeah yeah Yeah. wasn't me (laughs) Well, where is the table that you can leave so. a car parked on the street? It's Riverdale. It's not. It's not even. I, and there's well, no, no alternate just, side parking. No, there's rules, not. No. Not in. Not in this part no. of North Riverdale. No. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah you could keep a car here for, forever, but people, but people might vandalize the car. Yeah, right. it's like you can't keep a car there forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, street uh, street yes. justice. We 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 we, inf- we enforce our own parking laws here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Larry asked Leon, Hey, have you ever seen that movie Arabesque from the sixties with Sophia Loren? And Leon's like, is that a, like a Star Trek movie? <laughs> um, and then he's like, no. And he's like, well, like, does she get naked in that? And like, that? he's like, no, like they weren't like people weren't getting naked yet in the sixties. Like that wasn't a thing. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I would, would have had no idea what movie Larry was talking about. Oh no. About is, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I think this is Larry only watches movies obscure. that are at least 40 years old. All right, so we're going to head over to the Funkman's house, um, and we're going to check out this scene with our first clip of this week's episode. Here we go, Funkman. 
He refused to see the person? He did not heed the call. I don't know what happened on the plane, but he's a great guy to play golf with. Very surprising. Do you care about the character of people you play golf with if they leave you alone on the course? No, I'm uh, happy to play with a reprobate. If he has a good personality and I enjoy playing with him, I'll play with reprobates. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. You, Manson, Ramirez, and Hitler. That's a good foursome. If they play fast. They play That's the uh, Jonathan Allen dinner foursome, right? Yeah. So I was going to, the, the hypothetical golf foursome is very similar to the hypothetical <laughs> dinner foursome, right? Who was it? It was Hitler and who else? It was and his, and his grandfather. It was Hitler, Michael Jackson, his grandfather, his dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His dad must um, be a terrible person. Yeah. Did we t- I, th- I don't know. Did we talk about this on here? I, I know I just talked about this with a friend of mine because he barely got, mentioned this on Twitter and got like a friend of both of ours and got like harassed about it. Um, I was also like I walked by one day on Broadway. and I was like, there's a Broadway show about Michael Jackson. Like, oh, Michael Jackson. Like Michael Jackson are insane. Insane. No, but like, shouldn't Michael Jackson be like the yeah. most canceled <laughs> like, I mean, well, why he, is there a show about you he raped 20 or 30 children like yeah yeah, yeah is that all i mean what the hell's going on here it's completely insane yeah, yeah but if you, if you if you say that on twitter you will be flamed yeah well i hope uh, i can say that on this podcast still i don't yeah. know whatever we'll see um i hope if i don't get list- death threats if you're listening to this podcast and you like michael jackson's music that's fine but if you're listening to this podcast and you like michael jackson's music so much so that you're willing to attack people who just acknowledge the fact that he was a rapist then uh maybe don't listen yeah, but have you read all the evidence? You call yourself a lawyer? Oh, by the way, did you see the documentary on him on HBO? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very uh, it's very unsettling. Yeah, no, even like the good version of what he did is like very gross and horrible. Yeah. Um, all right, really, really about. great, great to play golf with, though. Yeah, and no, he had the great glove. That's why he. That's why he had the one glove. I mean, he listen, he, he 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 has a nice pot. He moonwalks. It'd probably be entertaining for sure. Oh yeah, I think it'd be a, a very uh, fun fun game of golf with the. Uh, yeah. With All right. He he likes. To, okay, I can't. I was about to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he likes to put the ball in the hole. Is what I was. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so Larry, uh, uh, much like me, would rather play. I'm not, I'm not saying ones. that, but I, I'm not saying the thing that I just said. Yeah, got it. Okay. Uh, rather play with a fast Madsen than a slow Funkhauser. Mm. Um, and uh, Susie comes in and she's like, "Larry, did Jeff tell you about the designer that we're getting for our new house?" Like, of course not. Like, why would they <laughs> tell Larry about that? It's like when she um, says, "Richard, you'll appreciate this especially." <laughs> right. Um, and she tells him that you know I'm going to see him in San Francisco. And Jeff, like, make sure to cancel all of your plans that day because you're gonna, you're going to be driving me to the airport. Now, shouldn't the designer be flying to see the house to to L.A. instead of the other way around? I don't know. Maybe they have like a studio. You know, with all, you know, that has like all their like different designs yeah. and samples. And Listen, like, Susie's job is to spend as much as Jeff's money as possible. On stuff, <laughs> that so. seems to be what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so Jeff, you know, it really wasn't a good idea to start dating that real estate agent. Yeah. Um, and now, obviously, Susie is correct, like in general, that a spouse should t- should take their spouse to the airport. I don't but think it, so anymore. Well, I mean, but I'm saying a day trip to San Francisco is not exactly like a week long trip to India. I don't even see the difference. Like, get to the airport. It's fine. Like, I would take really? the, I would take an Uber to the airport. My wife would probably take an Uber. Well, to the airport. for a day trip because it's no different than going to work. You, you go to work every I day. Guess. You say goodbye. But like, when you're gone for a week, like you know, you should be seen off. I don't know. 
I mean, I guess it's different now also because like we have kids, so it's just like it would be idiotic for one of us to drive the other to the airport. They like have to take the kids too, and or just like or they have to get a babysitter. Like it's completely ridiculous. Well, so, no one's like, hiring a babysitter to drive to the airport. That's insane. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's yeah. like logistically it's stupid. Just like take an Uber. Yeah. Um, like, Su- Su- Susie, Susie, Susie is just on the power trip. She's this is yeah. oh yes for sure. Susie. Yeah, she just wants to make Jeff's life better. No, my yeah, my, like you, my wife like comes from a family where you where you take people to the airport and pick them up at all times. Such so much so that my brother arrived on a flight at four. 30 this morning and um my wife says to me well you're gonna pick him up at the airport right and i'm like well no he's gonna take an uber because it's 4 30 in the morning she's like well it'd be really nice if you picked him up at the airport so i had to wake up at 4 30 in the morning to pick him up the <laughs> yeah that's ridiculous yeah. completely insane yeah uh, i mean i'm very happy to see him but i could have seen him you know three hours later i'm not driving him to the airport no, not yeah <laughs> so uh um, Susie uh tells him that you know your lack of chivalry is probably why you're the only one in this room who's without a date. Yeah. Uh, just 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 wait, Susie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, fast forward to the end of the episode. Yeah. I don't know, plenty of company. Yeah. Um so Larry laughs and uh tells her that Jeff doesn't even want to drop her off. She just wants to ruin his day. And Susie asks Jeff, Well, do you want to see me off? And he's like, No, I don't. Yeah. Um, and Susie starts going at this friend. Do you think you understand what happens to the complexity of my brain? And that's where we get the complexity. Yeah. You're just a Jew from the Bronx. Yeah. Uh, Larry shuts her up. Hmm. Very great scene. Great, uh, great Larry, Susie back and forth there. I think that's one of my one of one of my most quoted lines from Curve is you're, you're, the complexities of your brain. You're a Jew from the Bronx, which I, <laughs> I used to for on a lot of my friends. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot better when you know a lot of Jews in the Bronx. You can do yes. it all the time. Yes. Um, okay, so Marty's girlfriend comes in. Um, this, uh, well, she's from Weeds, right? Is that her? Oh, it's um, Marty's girlfriend is played by um, who is it? It's somebody famous. I've definitely seen the face before, but I, I have no idea who she is. Yeah, I'm really bad with like with that. I, wrote, I'm where, where, I, t- I pulled like Jonah Friedlander. Is there out. my notes I, somewhere? I no, I can't find it. Yeah, I think she was in Weeds. I can't oh, it's per- it's Perkins. It's Catherine Perkins. Elizabeth Perkins. Elizabeth Perkins, excuse me. She, uh, I, I said Catherine. She has real Catherine O'Hara vibes in here. I think. Um. Yeah, a little bit. I hear that. I hear that. Uh, not, she doesn't have Bam Bam Buckhauser vibes, of course. Not as no, we, she, her, her, Kath, her. Yeah. Oh, you said Catherine O'Hara. Or you said Catherine Hahn. Catherine O'Hara. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Catherine Hahn. No, she reminds me of Catherine O'Hara here a lot. She sort of looks like her. So, I, it, okay, is it I hear possible? that more. That that Marty has this deep seated desire to have sex with his mentally ill uh, sister, and that's why he's dating a girl who looks like him. Mm, that that's could be, theory. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't, I way, don't know I, if that's what they were going for. Yeah, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to get thrown out of Marilyn's house, but her house, like the the interior design of this set, it's like very, I don't know, it's very not cheap, your thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. You always notice these things. I never notice these things. Yeah, I don't know. This this woman though, she said like the, I was very honest. the room. Uh, don't sit on the arm on on the armrest of the chair. Like she she's such a psycho the way that this person talks. It's I think one of the <laughs> one of the craziest people they've ever had on 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 the show. Yeah, crazier than Bam Bam. Yeah, no, not crazier than Bam Bam. Well, I thought we said Bam Bam wasn't crazy. She was just being gaslit by Jeff. <laughs> oh, I just realized well, that she, we was, were... she was crazy and being gaslit by Jeff. Oh, no, but, okay. th- but this this character, Funk House's girlfriend here, is like, gives like serial killer vibes during this episode. Mm. Like she's a, a more controlled, like calm crazy. By the way, yeah. while, while we've been talking, I'm, I'm reading the list of famous Jewish people from the Bronx. Okay. 
And there are many deeply complex and very impressive people who are Jews from the Bronx. So well, there's yeah, Jews, Jews from New York is a, there's a lot, and you know there's yeah. produce, they're spread out. But yeah, I mean like an incredibly impressive list. Who's, so I'm who's, the, most, who's the most complex Jew from the Bronx? I, I'm only up to the A's. <laughs> we'll today's. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of them. By the way, I just realized that we paused in the middle of the clip and then we forgot to go back to the clip. Oh, We've been well, going through it, but it's all we good. must go forward. <laughs> no back, only forward. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, of course. We, we everyone preferred to hear uh, Susie Essman say, "I'm and Larry do the Jew from the Bronx scene," but you got me yeah. instead. Um, okay, so yeah, so um, Larry's like he like he turns to Jeff to see if he noticed the whole like thing with the. You know, um, with the chair, and Lewis uh, hands his date a glass of wine, and um, calls her honey. Oh, and Andrea Savage, yes, yeah, Andrea Savage, yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah she uh, is merge, awesome. Merge in... of Survivor Pearl Islands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sorry, got it. Making a yeah. Um. So yeah, so yeah, she's uh she has her own show called I'm Sorry, which had either two or three seasons that are all on Netflix. That very good, Great yeah, I love that show. Now d- she sort of gives me vibes of she reminds me of Amy Landecker, the bisexual from the bisexual. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Something about her in this episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I, right. I don't get that vibe from her. Okay, interesting. Um, so yeah, so. She, you know, Larry's like, you know, I saw what happened there. Like, she totally like lost interest yeah. in you the second you called her honey. Like, you know, how many times have you guys gone out? And he's like, oh, this is just their second date. And he's like, are you crazy? You calling her honey on the second date? Jordan, how many um, dates until you have to use the honey? Honey, I, I, I think honey, honey is like you, you've already like defined the relationship. She's she's your girlfriend, I think, at that point. So I think it needs to be like, I would say at least ten dates. Ten dates. Honey. Ten dates, yes. So a, a nine date honey is premature for Jordan. Nine dates. I mean, look, nine. If they're good dates, I guess nine nine dates you could do a honey. Uh, I wouldn't go any less than nine. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Single, I don't think you go to honey until you single, have at least single three digit. Children. Single digit honey is, is a very <laughs> premature honey. I was holding off for the next one. Yeah, but yeah. Larry's obviously correct in this circumstance to Richard, especially like we we see Andrea Savage's reaction, and it's not positive. Not positive. No, it shouldn't be positive. That's yeah, that's weird on the second date. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and to begin with, like she's a much younger, much more attractive woman than he is. So it's like, I mean, okay, I mean, all this guy is like girlfriends on, on the show are, are, are much younger than he yes, is. yeah. But like you know, you don't want that, that. You know, that profile shouldn't be coming on this strong. By the way, I, I'm still looking at the list of famous people from the Bronx. There's a there's an actor and rapper. Um, he was in Moonlight apparently, named oh. Gerald Jerome. Are you familiar with this oh. guy? Um, no. One letter off of our friend and the listener of the podcast, Gerald Jerome. Gerald Jerome. All yeah. right. He should look into him. Let Jordan us know how tall he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jared, let us know how tall Gerald is. Yeah. So we uh, we continue with dinner and Marty wants to give a toast to uh, his new girlfriend who prepared a lovely meal for everybody. And everybody clinks their glasses together with the exception of Larry, very much in the spirit of last week's uh, saying, thank you for your service. Larry won't participate in the social convention for no good reason. And he tells Susie, you know, I don't have to clink. And, you know, she starts you know, going after him. That's what you do. That's what's done. That's what friends do. And so he starts picking up his knife and he tells everyone at the table that when he holds a knife, he has an urge to stab. Mm. Like the same way where if I like picked up a baseball bat, I would have an urge to swing it. I see and, what you're yeah. And maybe they should have like the same way that they have like batting cages. They should mm-hmm. have uh, stabbing uh, 
ranges. So I, did Larry I invent those rooms that people go into to just beat the shit out of stuff when they're really frustrated? Yeah, well, they do have like these axe throwing places. Yeah, the axe, the axe that far off from a stabbing uh, range. Yeah, it's, it's but just, that's it's more like game. throwing darts. That's for accuracy, not for letting out rage. I think, right? I mean, I think it's it's it is yes, there is a target. It is, I guess, for accuracy. But I think yeah. it is where people can go and kind of just like have fun and throw shit at the wall. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. get to like throw a, a, a it's a, a lot of fun, a giant knife into something. It's like you know, yeah. in the, the stabbing range, you just do it from a little bit closer to the wall. Yeah, like. it would be, fun, it'd be fun, to, fun to stab. And I, <laughs> and I, I think I've used the same the same line at a dinner before. Again, and with, with not amongst curb fans, so I may, they may, they might have thought I was a little bit weird after I said that, but <laughs> I do say like Larry in this whole scene until he gets thrown out, he really is a great middler, isn't he? Yes, I had that in my notes. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, stabbing idea is funny. I mean, his his references are a little dated. The cane mutiny. <laughs> Uh, he does a Carson impression, so everything's a little bit dated, I guess. But it's for his audience, so it works. You know, I didn't, I didn't know who the, <laughs> the impression was, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I, but yeah, I, I Larry's. Larry's uh, was, wasn't he doing Johnny? No, you, you're probably right. No, you're uh, probably right. I, I just had no idea who. who yeah, he was again, doing. he was definitely uh, doing Game Mutiny, Arabesque. These are all very, very dated references. This <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, so, this is an older crowd. Yeah, I, I had in my notes here that we see a lot of uh, of like so. Larry, he is he is uh, doing a, a good job of uh, middling at the table. I also he he has like um sort of like shades of the uh, the social assassin in this episode where he's willing to say anything, which yeah. uh, which Funkhauser's girlfriend brings up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's like taking one for the team. Yeah. Uh, Jeff asks him where the stabbing range would be. He says the valley. Um, yeah, I, I heard the next Paul Thomas Anderson movie is going to be about a guy who owns a stabbing range in the valley in the 1970s. Mary has a secret way to get there. Yes, yes. Pomona, Washington. Um, that's, those aren't really it. Maybe they are. Um, yeah, he's uh, he notices that uh, Marty's girlfriend is not happy about the uh, the tenor of the conversation so far. Um, so and he picks up a glass to drink and he's like, what is this tap water? And she says it is and no filter like Larry's very surprised. And Marilyn says, actually, it is you who is the one who has no filter. And she's so proud of uh, herself. But Larry's like, she's loves so proud of herself. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. just say whatever comes to mind without modulating it at all. And he says, well, I think the lack of a filter is a good thing for me, but a bad thing for water. <laughs> yeah, real Churchillian vibes there. Great comeback by Larry. It's <laughs> a good line. Yeah. Um, and she is just completely offended. She gets up and excuses herself. Uh, Lewis looks out, turns, turns to the table and tells them that a goldfish would rather commit suicide than swim in that water. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Larry calls him out and the rest of them for not speaking up in front of Marilyn and letting him take the blame. And Susie tells him that he should be polite. Uh, and he starts comparing it to the scene for the K-Mutiny. And he starts doing this impression, causing the whole table to laugh, which Chester says is uh, Johnny Carson. So maybe it is. I don't know. Probably it is. That could be wrong. Um, I don't know. And you know, he says, at least, you know, in the impression, he says, at least I'm not the only one who can't stand it. Um, and he's saying this as Marilyn was walking back in the room, which I don't think he realized. And she says, stand what? And like, you know, no one's really answering him. And she starts putting Marty on the spot, saying that Marty likes my water. And Marty starts drinking the water. And he's like, he's like struggles to tell Larry how good it is. Oh, so good. Yeah, he can't um, even he can't even say the word. Like, why does like, she have like, such possession the over the water? It's because she's water. nuts. She's crazy. <laughs> right. All it's right. like hell of it's like the city's water. Like, what? yeah. It has nothing to do. It doesn't reflect on you. I mean, if she had actually done something to the water, like put her filter on it, then I guess she has a reason to be possessive. But yeah, it's literally it's she's done nothing to do with the water. So very strange why she's so proud of it. 
Yeah. Um, she tells Larry that he's the only one who has a problem with the water and that he should please leave, mm. which is an insane overreaction yes. to Larry, like, you know, complaining real, that like, he doesn't love like, like one thing being started. I mean, Larry's not being so polite necessarily or the most polite, mm-hmm. but like, you know, whatever. So as he's I said, clearly like, he's so thrilled that he's getting thrown out of this party. This is his dream to get kicked out of a dinner party. It's probably happened yeah. many times before. Uh, I, I love what he's done. Well, it just happened last week, like, right? With Susie. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, he gets kicked out of things regularly, but this yeah. is like the least that he's ever been kicked <laughs> yes. out for, I think. I, I bid you adieu. Like, even in the mind of the person who was kicking him out, like what he had done, like, there's been times where he's done nothing, but like they thought he was doing something bad, very bad, potentially. Yeah. But like here, like, even according to her, like what he did is like nothing. He insulted her water. Right. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm like trying to think what someone would have to do for my wife to like, Kick them out of like a, a a lunch or a dinner at our house. I mean, like if like if somebody like you know behave towards your kid beyond like over the line, you might. If somebody like yeah, if somebody physically attacked my child, if somebody like dropped an n bomb, but like I'm saying, it's many 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 <laughs> levels past. I don't yeah. like the water. Oh you no! Know, yeah, no, this yeah. is this woman's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that that should be a challenge. Get 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 kicked out of a Shabbos meal. <laughs> challenge not accepted. <laughs> Not looking for that particular distinction. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be some story, right? Like, yeah, somebody getting kicked out of a meal at someone's house. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we're outside Larry's house. Um, we're passing by the car again, which, as you said, is still on the street. Um, even after somebody's like vandalizing his car, he doesn't even think then to move in inside. Well, now he intentionally left it out, right? Like he wrote. Uh, right, I guess. Right, I guess. Right, I guess he's. Yeah. I guess he's playing along. So now the car has has says uh, bald fox. So I guess which is quite an mean. escalation from wash me. <laughs> like yes, there's many no. steps in between wash, wash me. me. No, mm-hmm. you wash me. Yeah. You bald I, fox. I, I think I think it's the the guy who's writing on the car. I think it's him saying Larry, telling Larry, I know who you are. I know whose car this is, and I'm still going to write on your car. That's yeah. what I think he's going for. Uh, and here's yeah. so I thought of a way that they could have easily explained why the car was out. What if like Larry gave Leon the car keys, and then like Leon was the one who parked it on the street, and Larry gets back, he's like, "Why? Why are you parking like, the car on the street?" And like, Leon, I'm sure, would have an explanation. Right. Yeah. Oh, because yeah, I had people I was come fucking in. four bitches in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, and and like to cap it off, Leon has lost the key, so like now they can't move it. Yeah, uh, and we know that remember when Leon drove from LA to New York, the car was filthy. So Leon does leave a filthy car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but on the inside. Side, not the outside. No, that was no, that was the outside. That was <laughs> all the around the car is filthy. Yeah, all, it was all, all, it was all dirt on the outside. There was dirt. Yeah, the implication. Being he got there. he got three on the inside and three on the outside. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so ra- so Larry adds the words "blow me" um, yeah. and drives off. It's his it, own it would car. Be, it's it would, such a strange thing to do. Yeah, Le- Leon in the car uh, would only be the uh, the second best foursome of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we need Doctor Wienerker in there to really get things spicy. Yeah, so our, we're uh, we're on the highway. Larry, like Larry's driving the car, he pulls up near a school bus, and the kids are all looking out of the car and they're pointing to the car and they're yelling at Larry and they're yelling at him to watch the car. And one of them yells, "Blow me, bald fuck!" <laughs> yeah, I, I think that like for kids ages like seven to ten, curse words are like the funniest thing possible in the world. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought this was, I remember again, like watching the, fir- the first time I saw this episode, I thought the kids on the bus was going to go somewhere in the plot. Like we see so many times where, where, where like Larry's getting in fights with the kids at the lemonade stand, yeah. <laughs> uh, where, where like the parents are going to get mad or like the driver was going to come after him or something. And, and, and that never comes to fruition, but that's okay. It was just funny to have the kids. I, I, one of the funniest things to me, and I guess this is probably not great as a teacher, but kids cursing is, is, is if it's like in a funny way, is yeah. so entertaining to me. And I think like, you know, like in the movie, like Kick-Ass, for example, where you have like the girl who is like the, the like the uh, like worst potty mouth in the world. Um, I, it's it's so funny when you, when you do that well in a, in a season. How old are the kids that you're a teacher of, Jordan? K through five. Okay. <laughs> they, don't, they don't curse much, but, they, but I've, heard, I've heard it. I've heard the well, older you encourage kids. it. <laughs> I don't, I don't encourage it at school. I have to yeah. do this whole show. Oh my God, how could you say that? But in yeah. my head, I'm like, oh, that's kind of yeah. funny. So my, my, uh, my son's birthday party was a couple weeks ago at a movie theater and some of the other kids saw uh, a poster up in the theater for the new Jackass movie, Jackass Forever. Uh-huh. And the kids were like whispering. They're like, did you see the name of that movie? It has a curse word in the name of the movie. It's going to be the best movie ever. <laughs> That's all it is. Just the fact that it's called Jackass makes it a good movie automatically. For, I mean, for they're not, they're not, yeah, they're not far off. I mean, yeah. I never saw Jackass, but I assume it would be a very funny movie. For, for nine-year-old, nine-year-old boys, boys, especially. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah so we, uh, we head if over to... the name of the movie is funny, just wait till you see what happens to the main character's testicles. <laughs> I, yeah, I assume they that, suffer yeah. great pain. Um, I would assume. I assume it's not just an ordinary day for the testicles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we head over for lunch at um at a restaurant with Larry and Richard Lewis. And Lewis is just like lamenting how bad the situation is. He completely blew it with Rhonda. She's gone completely cold turkey on him, hasn't spoken to him since the premature honey. And Larry couldn't care less. He's very focused on the number of mushrooms that there are on his plate, which he seems to have not ordered. And Lewis can't believe this. Like, Larry, you know, you're worried about this salad while I'm pouring my heart out to you and my life is ruined. This could have been my bride. And Larry says, you know, you just blew it with her as soon as you saw a wife and you tried to snatch it. And Lewis admits, yep, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, Lewis, and... Lewis is so overdramatic in everything with, with <laughs> any of his girlfriends that he's ever had on the show. Every girlfriend he think he thinks is the one after like yep. two dates, three dates. Um, and uh, it's just a recurring theme of his throughout the whole series. Yeah, he's a riot. It's um, I've really appreciated him more on this rewatch. And I think I did originally as a character my first way through. He's really just a very just like consistently funny character that mm-hmm. like has I think is like more consistent than like the other character, you know, other side characters that like really kind of just like cater more of the episodes. He's just like always supremely Richard. He's always yeah. Richard Lewis. Well, yeah. I, and, I, and, I and the other one, like they're yeah. they're childhood friends. Yeah, no, no, I, I get it. I get so, it. Yeah. He's much more playing a real version of himself mm-hmm. than the other people. But, yeah. and, um, and the other one, this is. I, when I, Larry's I, mocking I missed, him, I think uh, it's real mocking him. Like you're old, you know. Right. You're, yeah. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I miss uh, I miss Funkhauser. Um, just, watching this episode back, and uh, I thought I thought Funkhauser was really funny in this episode. He I, I always thought was one of the uh, the most underrated uh, like small characters in in, in Curb, uh, and he's he's always a lot of fun too. And like for him, obviously, he's not playing a real character, uh, but it feels like he is. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, we're, we really are getting uh, to the end of the line. I mean, I don't know how many more episodes we have with uh, yeah. with Bob. He's in the, the is he in the next season or? or um, I know he's no. obviously not in the. No, that no, no he's, he's not. That's, he's definitely not his last, that's when he was sick, season. and they wrote him supposed to be in, and then he was sick, so Vince Vaughn just sort of slipped in and took over the role. I see. Oh, and then by season eleven, place. he had passed away, so then they sort of yeah became a permanent mm-hmm. permanent replacement. 
my keyboard's working again. Have you guys seen the? Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but the uh, the the Bob Einstein uh, HBO documentary. Yeah, we did a whole we episode did. about yeah, it. Yeah, we did an episode <laughs> about it. Yeah. Oh come on. Uh, I will okay. throw you out of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, I bid you. I do. Okay, so the good news is we have we have two more episodes. Uh, You're kicking me out with, with Marty Funkhauser. Uh, he will be more. in both. Uh, yeah, he will be in both. Uh, Never wait for seconds, and then the mm. season finale fatwa. Never wait for seconds is a is a great. Actually, I, I've so he's that not you... in the shucker and Namaste. You're saying, right? Well, that's too bad. All right, so we, we have to uh, yeah, really. I, I was it. going to suggest uh, if if uh, you had a guess for this one, if you had uh, BB, uh, the actress who played BB on here, I was going to see if actually actually I could do the uh, the, the never wait for seconds because that is one of my favorite episodes when they do all the callbacks with like a uh, crazy eyes killer. But I was happy for this one too. This is this is a this is a fun episode of Curve also. Yeah. That one is a good one. Yeah, we still, you know, we still have some good stuff coming up. Um, so yeah, so just then Lewis gets a text and it's from Rhonda and she's telling him that they need to talk. And now he knows he's blown it for sure. Nobody needs to talk. Um, good news to. is never <laughs> you would want to. No good news is never followed by we need to talk ever. Um, what, what was the, what was the example? Like they like we need to talk. I don't even remember what it was, but it was like we're we're going to space. Um, yeah. So he asked Larry what to do. And Larry actually has a really good idea. He's like, here's what you're going to do. She's when she gets here, you're just going to start calling everybody, honey. And then she'll notice that like, oh, this that's like doesn't mean anything. He just like that's just like a really big word in his vocabulary. He says it to everybody. And Luce immediately like loves this idea. He's like, that's great. And he fist bumps Larry and he calls Rhonda and tells her to come over. Hmm. Now, I, it is a great idea by Larry, the honey idea. But Richard like pushes it a bit too much in that montage. He definitely does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes, yes, he goes way over the top. Um, you know, I mean, it works. Yeah, it does work though. I, <laughs> I you know, I, I think he he does it so much that he risks making it obvious that like he was doing something. Mm-hmm. I mean, now is it is it also a red flag though if the person you're dating calls everybody honey? Um, and it wasn't yeah, called Larry, also, honey. I think it was just the women. I think he was just calling the women. Honey. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't Larry. It wasn't like the yeah, guy at the other table. It is a bit weird for like a man in their seventies just to like refer to right. every woman he interacts with as honey. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree to that. By the way, Av, I, I'm looking up uh, times that I have said to you, "We need to talk," and not to you, but in a chat, a three-way chat between you, me, and Akiva. I told Akiva at 3:48 p.m. on August 4th of 2020, "We need to talk." What did we need to talk about? About Akiva moving we needed to talk about akiva moving apartments on the podcast <laughs> okay i don't know because why akiva, i was that why well, i was the part of that part conversation I, because akiva was complaining he didn't have internet for 15 days uh-huh and i okay. said that's too many days we need to talk about yeah anyway all right all right well i'm glad uh it sounds like i added a lot to that conversation <laughs> you would um so yeah so how many, how many times have you called uh honey mm. <laughs> well we haven't had 10 dates yet um, yeah, we're only on our seventh. Got a lot of the podcasts. We have had a lot of podcasts. Do dates count as podcasts? How many? Yeah, how many dates? To po- how many podcasts? Are podcasts. Dates? I, I bet you there. I bet you there's a podcast out there that features like people basically going on blind, like people who don't know each other, podcasting together, and like that's like their first date. So that, uh, and if not, uh, that's a good a idea. Rob, for has, a podcast. Rob has a podcast. Did that actually? Robert Akiva did that. No, yeah, but Robert, I'm saying like yeah, I'm of. saying like a podcast where, like every episode, like the person, oh, every episode it's a single person, and like they they find a person of whatever you know they're interested in. And they and they podcast with that person, and then everybody else listens. Yeah. So it's basically like I'm sure there is like options on like Tinder or whatever that where you could like FaceTime the person, right? Have a mm-hmm. video call. So it's like basically you're just like recording one of those. 
Like people getting to know each other. um, Can we uh, we make this a podcast? Can I record our conversation and turn this into a (laughs) podcast? And if it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, we still have a good good podcast. Or are they like given like a topic to to podcast about? Yeah. All right. I'm looking. There's a lot of podcasts about first dates. Mm -hmm. There's a podcast called 51 First Dates where these two women go on first dates and then come back and talk about it with each other. That's that's not what I'm looking for. I want the actual actual, uh, date itself. First date stories. No, no, that's not what I want. First date follow up. No, no, I don't want the follow up. I want the live first date. All right. Maybe this is my million dollar idea. <laughs> Millions. Pro- probably not. All right. Yeah. It's a dating show. Very, very original. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Larry asks Rhonda where she works, and she tells him she works in sales at Neiman Marcus, and he tells her that he's going to stop by some pants, and she tells him that she looks forward to that, and Larry got, gets up and excuses himself and heads out, and uh, now Rhonda turns to Lewis and uh, asks what he'd like to do, and he says, anything you want, Franny, anything you want. Um, so she's all the way back in. Anything. All right, so we head over to the golf course, and Larry is sitting with Jeff at the table, and he gets a text on his phone, and he says that their friend Rob has tickets to the Rams game on Sunday, and would Jeff like to go? Was that the Super Bowl? Um, it probably wasn't the Super Bowl, because there was no Super Bowl in Los Angeles. That year. Oh, yeah, because it's aired on November um, 5th, and not 2017, and not on February 4th, 13th, 2022. That's right. Yeah. Um, do, do we think that this is Rob Reiner? I think he's the only Rob that we've met. In okay. in the series that I could think of, is Rob friends with Jeff? Oh, no, we met a I mean, Rob. Was, um, wasn't it? Jeff. Was it the guy whose father? Was it the guy whose father? The, the guy whose father uh, collapses at the club w- while eating, and Larry keeps eating. That guy's was Rob. I think. I think that guy's the actor's name is Rob Morrow. Oh, that's what I'm getting confused. Okay, yeah, Sorry. I don't think that was the character's name though. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, we do have a we we know Coretta Rob in this episode. So maybe that's the connection. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go Rob, Rob Reiner, Rob. by the way, on the thong of you nominated him as the as the fucking asshole in that episode. Yeah, he was a fucking asshole. Yeah, not not as much, in my to, opinion, as John Tyler was. He tried to guilt Larry into, uh, John uh, doing charity work. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so Jeff can't come, though, because he's got to drive Susie to the airport. And Larry says another brilliant idea the accidental text on purpose mm. and Jeff's like I don't know what that means please explain <laughs> so Larry does he says you send a text that you make it seem like you're trying to send it to Larry but you quote accidentally send it to Susie and you know you put stuff in there like you know I really would love to go to the game but I can't because I gotta drop Susie at the airport and she's so great and you know things are so good between us and I want to you know take care of her and that you know she she won't realize it was you know that you did it on purpose and you'll make her it'll make her look really good in Susie's eyes yeah but much like and, the honey you can't go overboard especially with Susie who's always suspicious of, yeah Susie's yeah. always got her detective nose on <laughs> oh yeah this reminded me of the doll episode where like Susie clearly knows that something is up with Larry oh, and Jeff yeah. and she's trying to feel like she's snooping them out the whole episode you know she's gonna figure it out eventually yeah Susie yeah, she's, she's, I mean, she, she knows them too well yeah, I mean, there, I think there are most... some complexities of her brain potentially. <laughs> yeah, I think it's mostly on Jeff. Like Jeff just has like no poker face at all. Like we've seen him so many times, like giving like immediately when called out on something. Um, and like he just like if like Jeff is like being like extra nice, like she'll know that like he's up to something. Like he's like he's yeah. very in character <laughs> as Jeff all the time. Yeah, it's a big bull of wrong. Yeah. 
Um, so Marty and uh, Dr. Winoker come on into the restaurant and Marty tells them that, you know, Winoker has been doing great in the range and, you know, he's uh, he's a great golfer. He tells Larry his handicap is 10. Uh, Larry's is 15. And Winoker says, great, let's put some money on the line. I mean, first of all, so like Winoker's kind of a big asshole that it's like he like hears that like he's better than the guy. By like a significant amount, like like five strokes is a lot. I'm not a big golfer, but isn't person, the but point like, that you each apply? It's like a spread, isn't oh, it? Oh, I guess that's right, what right, I right. that's what I thought also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're, I right, think that's you're how right. I mean, I, I'm not a golfer, but I think that's how it probably. No, works. you're right. You're right. Um, all right. I was thinking right. That's how like amateur people play. I don't play golf. Yeah, so you're yeah. That is how it is. It's done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, two hundred dollars is to me much better stakes than with that other episode where we had like if the rabbi <laughs> hit the punt and then, then they have to go to shul. Like, yeah, this is much lower stakes. So just two hundred. Well, because two hundred dollars is meaningless to learn. <laughs> right. Going to shul is very annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're playing some golf, and um, Marty's still super angry at Larry for the other night. You know, those jokes about the stabbing were just really ap- inappropriate for the dinner table, and you really <laughs> didn't have to say anything about the water to Marilyn that made her really upset. And Marilyn's apparently no longer speaking to him, which this woman is just like batshit crazy. Oh, hold on. You're no not longer speaking, speaking is fine. But then Marty sent her flowers. He shredded the flowers and returned them to his doorstep. No, this woman has murdered people. Yes. I am 100% sure. That is psychotic behavior. And by the way, no matter what, that's psychotic behavior. But the reason she did it is because Marty has a friend who was a bit of a jerk. About the water. It's Which, which, which is from the sink. Everyone has a friend who's a bit of a jerk. There's yeah. nobody in the world who doesn't fit that criteria. Like, Again, so let's like, stipulate that she made a blueberry pie that he complained about. So yeah. it's like, fine. Like, you made it. Like, that's really rude to yeah, tell someone. That would, be, like, that would be horrible. Like, you pretend you <laughs> like food all the time at other people's houses. Right. But, but yeah. water from the tap. But even that. But even it's, that. It's Marty, is your like, friend's an asshole. Not yeah. Shred, yeah. I mean, Marty is much effort it is to shred flowers and send them back. I mean, that's like a lot of effort. This person. I agree with Jordan. She has committed murder. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you see she's doing the stabbing at the end of the episode. No, yeah. Yeah. She murdered those flowers for one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Larry uh, now passes along his new lessons. You know, th- I mean, this is already the problem. It's like you can't employ this thing and then just like start using it all over town. Like he's like fallen so in love with this idea that he's just like telling everybody about it immediately. Yeah. Um, you gotta so keep this in the vault. Yeah, he explains the whole thing to it's and it's kind of like the the, the secret shortcut to the valley. Like if yeah, you start telling yeah. people, it, yeah, it's gone. But you can't use the move anymore. Um, so he tells Larry, uh, he tells Marty the whole thing, and he says, "You know, I've never said this to you before, but you're brilliant." Um, and he starts uh, texting Marilyn, you know, putting the uh, ideas into practice. And they uh, they look over, they see that Doctor Weedoker not having the best day on the course. He's uh, having a lot of trouble getting out of that bunker. Mm. And Marty explains that you know he's just having some bad luck. And he gets a message from Marilyn who applauds, you know, you're such a great guy. I love you so much. Like, I know that I wasn't supposed to see that, but like, thank you so much for standing up for me. And Larry uh, sinks a putt. Um, and then, you know, everyone's really excited. And we know her comes over and says, sorry, um, I just got a message from the hospital. I have a patient who has an emergency and I got to go right away. He must heed the call. And yes. yeah, Larry's like, what are you talking about? Bullshit. Like, you know, you're leaving because you're down three holes with three to go. Yeah. And guess what? That's a quit. 
He quit the game. He lost. Yeah, I mean, either he way, needs, he loses. He needs to pay up anyway. If anything, he should want to finish the game to try to, to, to try to back. get the lead. Yeah. Because he absolutely owes Larry David that money. Yeah, even if it's completely legitimate, like, yeah, you saw, like tough luck on you. Like, you left, and you were like, there was like very unlikely that you're winning, right? Like, three and three holes is a lot to come back yeah. uh, between, like, relatively even golfers. Um mm-hmm. Again, I've demonstrated many times already in the last five minutes. I know nothing about golf, but I think that statement is no. Doctor Wienerker's an asshole for sure. Yeah, and, and, a, and a welcher, a bet welcher. Um, and he's like, Larry finds it very interesting that he has no problem um, not neglecting a patient now when just the other day he did so on the airplane, and he's you know he accuses him of selective heating. You know, now that there's money on the line, <laughs> you heed the call. Yeah. Selective heating was what was one of the uh, best phrases. To I mean, it is true that people are more likely to uh, do whatever they do professionally when there's money yes. on the line than when there's not. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we we see the uh, the the Lakers doctor in in the Shack episode where uh, he he doesn't uh, heed the call by looking at Larry's foot. Uh, he he wants him to come to, come to the office so he can make money off of it. Yeah. Similar. Why idea. don't you write me some shit? I right guess now. that's yes. That's not that's not an emergency though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so we we head over to Neiman Marcus, mm. and in one of like I just think the most like hilariously physical comedy comedic moments in the history of the show, uh, Larry walks in the door and is greeted by this <laughs> perfume lady, and he just like immediately just like tackles her and shoves her to the ground. Yeah. Um, now I would object to the fact that there's no consequences, but last week a guy started a war in Will Rogers Park. With no yeah. Consequences, so. I mean, fair enough. I, Violent you know, crime I, out of control in 2007. Well, I mean, there there are I guess there are consequences because this this is why uh, uh, Funk's girlfriend doesn't want him them talking. Sure, I meant I meant more of the criminal variety. Oh, criminal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Larry would be absolutely. If you arrested. walk into Neiman Marcus and shove somebody, no matter how much you can't, perfume you can't shove a person in Neiman Marcus. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I guess right. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't hit anybody. Uh, that's I mean, wrong, does that happen still... when you when you go into Neiman Marcus? Do they spray you with with perfume? <laughs> well, I think it's an exaggerated. <laughs> it's exaggerated. I feel like you you know in certain places you are like aggressively approached by someone trying to like offer you cosmetics and mm-hmm. including sprays in your face. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean it's 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 a thing Curb and Seinfeld love to do where they have like you know here's one joke that doesn't really fit. We're just going to stick it in here to you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's right. like when it's, some, it's like when a telemarketer calls Jerry and he's like, "Well, give me your number and I'll right. call you back." You know, and then he hangs up the phone. It's that kind of right. Thing. Yeah. Would you like to subscribe to the New York Times? Yes. yes. Oh yeah, that time uh, he says yes, just hangs up. But there's the other time he's like, "Well, I'm busy yes, right now. Give me your number and I'll call you back." Uh, we yeah, also like jokes on you. They're just gonna they're just gonna sign you up for a subscription and send it to you with an invoice now, like mm-hmm. uh, because you said the word yes. Yeah. Yeah, like they have your information already, probably. Yeah. Um. And like for, they reasonably interpreted you to have said yes and hung up. Yeah. Uh, so Larry um, explains to uh, Rhonda, you know, the, you know the whole situation. This woman she attacked me, and he's like, "Oh well, do you like you ask her not to?" And he's like, eh, "Kind of." <laughs> um, so Rhonda picks out some pants for him and tells him that you know I'm really happy that you said something to Marilyn the other night about the water. Like I feel I really felt like you were speaking for everyone. And, you know, it could really be hard sometimes to say what everyone else is thinking when it's uncomfortable to do so. Uh, Larry says he has no problem doing so. <laughs> um, I guess that's kind of his thing. And they head on into the changing room and Rhonda hands him the pants and she starts heading towards the door, seeming like she's going to head out. But instead, she stays on the inside of the door and closes the door with her still in the changing room with Larry, yeah. uh, which Larry is literally is pretty surprised by. Um, and immediately, she, by the uh, way, in my notes, I wrote Rhonda's coming on to Larry, like I not having remembered what happens. In the episode. Like, that's the obvious thing that we're meant to assume. Like, Larry's not wrong here. 
Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I have certainly never experienced anything like this in my life. Yeah. It's, I don't but, think this is done. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't think in 2022 it's done, even though if it's concierge services, as uh, she claims. Yeah, there's there's no way that this is that yeah. this is a real thing. And I, I had the same uh, the same thought as well. Also, like, what is this concierge service? What service is this providing? Like, yeah, how we, does we she will need to see- we'll pay a woman to stand there and watch you, un- you know, change your clothes and your underwear. It's not a service. It's very strange. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna head over back to Larry's house, um, and uh, Marty's gonna pay a visit as Larry's uh, getting ready to tie his shoelaces. Look who's here! Hey! Oh, for God's sake! Look at this! My lace just broke. And, and you know what? There's no extra laces in the house. Do you have extra laces in your house? No. Nobody does. I don't know why people don't stock up on them. They stock up on canned food. And we got a problem. Marilyn told me she saw you and Neiman Marcus push the Spritz girl. Of course I did. Of course you did. I got attacked and I pushed. Push a Spritzer lady. You're out of your fucking mind. It's a violation. You don't just go to people and spritz them in the face like that. It's a violation. We have a very big problem now. Marilyn is not happy with you. You know what I got to do now? I got to go through a rewind. Let's hold on to that for a minute, okay? I think I could fix this. Will you listen to me, please? You wet the end. I don't care about that. And you just do this? Marilyn said to me, I have to make a choice. It's either Larry David or Marilyn. She gave you an ultimatum? An ultimatum. Who'd you pick? I took Marilyn. I would have made the same decision. <laughs> Let's face it, at this point in our lives, it's, it's not so easy to find people to have sex with us. Hey, vagina always wins. I lost a brother to vagina. <laughs> He's quite a feminist, isn't he? Vagina got his ass. <laughs> Goodbye. So if I run into you, are you going to talk to me? Or is this this is the last words we're ever going to exchange? I can't talk to you anymore. I'm going to miss you. So when I see you at the club dinner tomorrow night, no communication she whatsoever. She said to me, if you communicate with him, I'm gone. Oh, hey, LD. That's Sophia Loren. Ooh. You saw a movie? Mm-hmm. Marriage, Italian style, three times. I told you, right? Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Fucking beautiful. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, my pants are ready. Now I gotta go see that Rhonda. Something up with that girl. Mm-hmm. This woman likes me. Lewis's date. How do you know? Well, she was quite taken with my water stance the other night, and she wouldn't get out of the dressing room when I, when I was changing. She likes you? Yeah. And I gotta go back there tomorrow to pick up my pants. You gonna hit it? No. I'm, I'm a loyal <laughs> friend. When women give me an ultimatum, who are you gonna choose? Me or your friend, I say, I'm going to choose my friend. That's it. Why, why do you have to do this? He just said the opposite a minute ago. He, he did. He said, <laughs> I'm trying to say goodbye and end this. Okay, goodbye. See you. See you, Leon. All right, get out. Don't keep talking. You're standing there. I'm leaving. Okay, well, go. Okay, I'm going to leave. I'm waiting. We're not playing last word. No. One, uh, two, three. Bye. Bye. <laughs> One, two, three. Bye. 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 No, don't do that. Goodbye. Funkhouse are so adorable. It's like uh, I assume he did not back into that on purpose, but they left it in. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this psychopath like... is pissed at Larry. And why is this a problem for Marty? I, I never understand this. Why because is it a problem she, for Marty? Because there's. Can't... Yeah, if, yeah. If, if she can't have anything wrong with any of, of her boyfriend's friends, apparently. Yeah. 
Oh, Jordan, I have a, I have a quiz for you. Leon said he watched uh, uh, Marriage Italian South three times. What else has Leon said while playing another character that he he has had three? He's done three times. That Leon has said while playing <laughs> another character. So it's you're saying JB Smooth. JB is- Smooth <laughs> as Leon as another character. There's something else that I heard that he said he he did three times, just like how many times he saw Marriage Italian style. So I'm going to say it's when he uh, was Dr. Duberstein and he was recharging Ooh, the bar good. mitzvah. Ah, well done. Well done. Well yes. yeah. Three times. This summer, Atlantic City, Av and I are recharging the mitzvah. <laughs> mm-hmm. My my yeah. my friend my my friend who's not Jewish uh, uh who's a big 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 curb fan always brings that line up about how he has to uh he has to get a uh, two bar mitzvahs because he's he's more, more than twenty six. Mm, yes, he's two behind. That is how it works. Yes. Um. Okay. So we had. Uh, I do love, and- by the way, that yeah. Funkhauser maintained his relationship with Larry despite Larry killing off like half his family, <laughs> but some <laughs> random date dislikes him. That's where he draws the line. Yeah, well, it's you know he's not going to give up the sex. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Leon's going to give up the house. <laughs> so, um, so Larry walks into the store. Back at Eman Marcus, heads over to Rhonda, tells him his pants are ready, and all he has to do is try them on. These being the very pants that he purchased the other day. <laughs> and Larry asks for the pants so he can go try them on himself, but Rhonda insists on you know that she join him and be presents. He has concierge service. And even when Larry refuses, she doesn't take no for an answer. I mean, that's yeah. the point where it's just like completely crazy, where the person's like saying, like, no, I want to, you know, I'm kind of dressed alone. And like, I mean, if the gender is reversed, you know, the, the right. concierge service is oh, getting arrested. Yeah. 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 Uh, arrested or have a Broadway show made about them, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so Only if it's a uh, child, then there's many of them. <laughs> so as he's trying on the pants and like he's like checking them out. Um, Leon sends Larry a text with a with a video clip that Larry decides to open and look at. Like you know, this is and a play this is a crazy... at full volume, by the way. Right, in the, <laughs> right. This is the crazy. Like you don't just like, play things. Right, that Leon sends. That, you. Yeah, Leon he, sends you something. And you just play it. And yeah. the thumbnail is Sophia Loren with, with LeBron. It's like it's it's very clear what this is going to be. And Larry's playing it in front of this woman. Who, to be fair, she should not be in the changing room. Yeah, and Larry thinks she likes him anyway, so he can introduce sure. little sexy Sophia. Yeah. Um, and um, as he's watching this uh, clip of Sexy Sophia, he starts to get an erection, creating a pants tent, uh, going all the way back to the series premiere. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rhonda spots it and is horrified. And spots? Starts- I mean, I think it almost hits her in the, in the face. <laughs> she almost gets hit in the head. Yeah, she's yeah. clubbed in the face by Larry's penis. So we, we know the pants aren't too tight. Uh, yeah. That's that we know for sure. Yeah. He um, went to a store with uh, long with uh, for long for uh, what was it? <laughs> long ball Larry. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Larry tries to, you know, protest. He says it was an accidental erection. Alex, have you ever had an accidental erection on purpose? (laughs) (laughs) I love. So you're saying the penis is like the Titanic. (laughs) Um, uh, In this regard, yes. Yeah. uh, Av, our mutual friend Noam can tell you because it was our mutually one of the funniest moments of our entire lives. Uh, We were both counselors at camp and the camp brought. And I know this doesn't sound funny the way I started. The camp brought a um, like a, a sexual assault expert to camp to talk about like things to do and not to do. And it ended up being the funniest 45 minutes of stand-up comedy we've ever heard because this man was like a complete insane person. But, uh, but among other things, he said that at no time can a camper ever sit on a male counselor's lap because men have 43 erections every day that they don't even know about. They don't even know about. Yes. Um, which, again, I'm not sure how that's possible. I feel like 
I have penis awareness. Is I think <laughs> you would know say. about it at least 50% of, the, yeah. uh, of these erections. If you're saying you have 43 erections a day that you know about when you're 18, yeah, that probably sounds like a conservative guess. But I, I, I still to this day don't know what it means to, yeah. But just uh, and how um, many do you, And how many do you get that you know about? Yeah. And um, why is Larry? Larry must be in very good shape to be this like 70 whatever year old man who's yeah. getting all these erections. Just like that's pretty, Sophia, that's pretty yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Well, we know that he's juicing, so. That's true. Uh, Av, the same way I texted our, our friend Uri out of the blue and asked him about his urinary tract. <laughs> uh, uh, can you please message Noam and ask him uh, his, uh, his memories of, of, of Norm from, uh, from camp? Um, anyway, you can do it after the podcast. Sure. It's okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, by, the, by that logic, Norm would have had an erection while giving this talk. <laughs> and not even and not even known about not, it. Not yeah, about I, it. yeah. I, I mean he's to get 43 in you don't worry don't worry norm told us about his erections in great detail you said it was a 45 minute talk he definitely had yeah. an, an erection during he told time. us he told us that one of the problems is that we skip that like we're sort of afraid to talk about the genitals for example the game head shoulders knees and toes skips the main part of the body and he told us how it should be played and he pointed on his own body and he said it should be played Head, shoulders, nipples, areola, penis, <laughs> vagina, anus, knees and toes, knees and toes. And told us this is how we should play the game with our children. But no lap sitting. <laughs> oh my god, it was wild. Yeah, I think I think that I think that Norm. No, I think I think that Norm Norm gave the uh, the the orientation talk at uh, the Neverland Ranch. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Anus is a funny word to put into a children's <laughs> song. Um, <laughs> so she doesn't believe erections can be accidents. Accidents are things like tripping on a step or the Titanic going down. And Larry tells her that his erection came up in much the same way as the Titanic went down. Yes, wonderful. And she's like, oh, so like you think your, your penis is like the Titanic? And he says they are comparable in a matter of ways. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells him that he's making thousands her, of people. Yeah, he's making her feel uncomfortable. And he points out, you're making me feel uncomfortable <laughs> as you, you refuse to leave the room yeah. whenever I change, which totally, is fair. Totally he, has, he has a very fair point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're the one who's created this ridiculous situation. Um, like that, here's where she then, you know, finally you know, says, you know, concierge service. We've been, we've been, we've been citing it for the whole scene, but yeah, that's where she finally says it. And, uh, finally she's like, he's like, please leave. And, you wanted the come with guy, uh, in this episode. Uh, she, she is the ultimate come with girl. She came right into the, into the locker room or to, <laughs> yeah. the, to the changing room with Larry David. Yeah. So she kicks him out. So this is now the second place, this episode that Larry has gotten kicked out of. She got kicked out of Marty's house. She got kicked out of Neiman Marcus. Yeah. Quite a um, so, yeah, so we go back over to Larry's house. Larry's watching the game with Leon uh, when we accidentally texts him on purpose, uh, seemingly providing the excuse for leaving early in the form of a text to a patient asking her, you know, how you're doing, you know, you know, hope everything was OK from the other day. I hope you're taking your medicine. And Larry immediately picks up on what's going on or, you know, at least assumes that's what's going on. And he's on. offended much the same way, like when George was offended, when somebody tried to it's not me, it's you to him. <laughs> Right. You don't accidentally right. text on purpose. Larry, Larry invented the accidental text on purpose. He says that Winoker should be stripped of his medical license. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's a really bad accidental accidental text on purpose. It's yeah. so it's so clear that so they don't even the leave any ambiguity yeah. that it could have actually. Right, because like his excuse is that they both have the initials LD. Yes. Like, yeah. oh, her name was like Lauren Donald. It's like that's not how like your phone is gonna work. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, I guess it does. Like my, uh, I have like a thing at work on our work phones where you can like search the directory by like first initial last name. And then it, I guess you could click the wrong person. Um, so I guess like that could happen um, if you enter your uh, names that way. Okay. But, but the con- the content of the text was like, yeah. Um, oh, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. Even, even though that uh, I had to leave my golf game, <laughs> right. uh, I was happy I was able to take care of your problem. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a very, very clear accidental text on purpose. Yeah. Yes. You know, for sure. Um, but well, so, I mean, we learned later that that uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Winnaker is not great at coming up with material. Yes, yeah, he's not quick on his feet, that's for sure. Um, and um, Larry tells Leon the whole story about how we know her neglected a patient and wouldn't help. And Leon is like, can't believe it. He's outraged. He's like, the only way that I wouldn't help in that situation is if the passenger had diarrhea. <laughs> like, if they announced over the PA system that there's a patient with uncontrollable diarrhea <laughs> and it's fucking everywhere, then I could see the doctor ignoring that call. But anything short of that, you know, he's got a handle. Um, so we are going to go back to the videotape one more time um, as we're going to have Larry uh, now heading out, um, driving his car, uh, where the situation seems to have been uh, escalated by one further beat. Larry gets into the car. Does bald fuck. He makes his turn. And there's what appears to be a giant dick on the passenger side of the car. Who drew the dicks? <laughs> there you go. That's Hey, pervert. Hey. So you get an erection in the dressing room with Rhonda. How long? No, Leon sent me a video of an old Sophia Loren movie from the 60s, and that's what caused it. Rhonda had nothing to do with it. Leon sent you a yes, movie? Yes, yeah. You know how these things happen. They, they just occur. Oh, you they just occur? No control just like them. you drew a giant cock on the side of your car. <laughs> You drew a penis on my car. <laughs> Fucking A. My God. It's 12 feet long. This guy's unbelievable. Who, what guy? I don't know. I'm having a fight with this guy. He's drawing stuff on my car. Messages telling me to wash it. And, oh, I don't, and, I don't know what you're fucking talking uh, about. Now he drew a penis. What, did you co-write uh, Alice in Wonderland? You're a fucking nutcase. Oh, you, oh, you think I'm making that up? You think I, you think I go around drawing penises on my car? I'd have to be in Bellevue. She gave me an ultimatum. It's easy. This ain't. Everybody has heard about it. Believe me. Live your life in such a way that people aren't constantly be giving ultimatums not to hang out with you, right? I I like how Larry. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I I like how Larry like clearly has a lot of respect the guy who's who's drawing the dicks on his car and drawing the shit on his car. <laughs> he really likes this guy. He likes that this whole fight is going on, uh, and and is clearly very amused by this. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's definitely getting a kick out of the whole caper. So listen. Just stay away from my girlfriend. Oh, boy. Girlfriend? Oh, dear. Premature girlfriend. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, no, I, no, 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 no. You know what? I think no, we're just looking for other things right now. Wait a minute. I call everybody girlfriend. It's a thing of mine. <laughs> Hi, girlfriend. Girlfriend. Hi. <laughs> Honey. Honey, come on. Please. Oh, nice. Come on. Oh, well, well. Look hey, who's here. You remember BB? Hi. Oh, who uh, could forget BB? <laughs> we hit it off at baggage claim. You hit it off at baggage claim. What a beautiful story. Yeah. By the way, I got that uh, accidental text you sent me. 
I didn't send you a text. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you know you did. Oh, oh I sent one to Laura yeah, Downing, yeah, Larry David. David the, D, the, yeah. oh, the fact that he knows that he what text. Yeah, yeah yes, it's, obviously. Yeah. It's, really it's a dead giveaway. Like, yeah, he should need more information to know what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. very close. They... Yeah, it was an accident, Larry. Trust me, please. And BB. Mm-hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't inquire about your condition. You know, every day is a struggle, mm-hmm. but today I'm doing good. Thank you. Good to hear. Are you sure that was an accidental text? Yeah, I'm sure. Are you sure you have a bladder condition? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> like the double stare down. Yeah. Very impressive. Very yeah. impressively done. You've never gotten a double before, I'm sure. Yeah. Right? So we've had, we did have three stairs in Mary Joseph and Larry, but they were each separate. We've never right. had a double stare down before. Historic moment. Yes. <laughs> the same week as the four way trade, we had a double stare. Yes. It was a big week. Incredible. Yes. Very, very exciting for me. Um, okay, so we uh, continue on to the table. They're having this uh, dinner. They, I don't even understand what this is. They're like celebrating that somebody's leaving the club. It's like a retirement thing. It's for retirement this golf thing, yeah. pro or something. Yeah, it's just just like the car parked in front of Larry's house. They needed all these people just to be in the same room at the yeah. end of the episode. Um, yeah, so Larry uh, looks over to Wienerker and BB as he makes his way to the table and comes to the table and greets everyone. And Susie wants to know what's going on. Why is there a giant penis on the side of your car? <laughs> and, you know, he explains Fair. the whole back and forth that he's had with, the, you know, this mystery person. And Lewis comes back alone, tells Larry that Rhonda's gone. She's done with him. And Larry tells him that, you know, you called her your girlfriend too early. You need to wait at least 10 to 15 dates. Um, and Larry asks Marilyn to weigh in on the situation. Like he's like trying to like, you know, get a conversation going with her, but like, he just like completely ignores him and is giving him these death stares while she's like slowly making stabbing notions with her knife. Um, he then asks Marty to pass him the bread, but he ignores him until, you know, Jeff intervenes to like ask on Larry's behalf. And, you know, finally Marty will pass it. And he asks Marilyn, he's like, listen, come on, just like, can you make an exemption just to like, you know, let's just have a good time tonight. Like, what's the big deal? Which, like, you know, would completely defeat the purpose of a band if, like, the first time that you hung out, like, the band was lifted. Well, I'm going to say there's a difference between going out of your way to socialize with a person and running into them in a public environment and not yeah. being, like, openly antagonistic. Yeah, but the, the instructions were you is that he, he was banned yeah. for speaking to Larry. Yeah, and so like, this is very this is very much like I the, mean, I'm uh, sure there's people who your like wife would rather you not be friends with. But she's saying, like, don't go out to their house and hang out. She's not saying if you see them in public, be an asshole to them. I guess. I don't know. Again, this, but your wife is a psychopath, probably. Yes. So. But this, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have anyone that she cares if I hang out with to my knowledge. Yeah. So you, you can't you get you can't be loose with these bands. Then you become like the Olympics where like you can't win a medal, but you could skate. Russia cannot uh, cannot compete in the Olympics. The Russian Olympic Committee. The Russian Olympic yes. Committee. Yes. It's like Bobby Valentine with, or the Homer Simpson with, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she refuses. The band is on. Um, and, you know, Susie's like, all right, well, we're having a good time, but it's too bad that we have to leave early as Jeff will be driving me to the airport. No, she says and- she needs to pack. Oh, she needs to pack. Right, for her be... long trip of uh, five hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she makes fun of Larry for his, the whole accidental text on purpose thing. Can't believe that you thought I was going to fall for that bullshit text. 
And Marin's like, what's an accidental text on purpose? And Susie explains it. And Marin looks over at Marty and is like, did you send me an accidental text on purpose? And he's like, no, uh, but he's clearly lying. And she asks him if he likes her water, and he tells her he can't stand it. It's like taking a straw and putting it up a frog's ass. <laughs> he, he can't stand the smell, yeah. the color, or the taste, uh, which makes Marilyn very upset. She gets up and she leaves and tells him, well, now you can talk to Larry as much as you want. You're going to need it. And uh, Susie tells Jeff that now he's the only one at the table who seems to be able to hold on to a woman. So uh, Larry went from being in the minority to being in the majority by episode's end. Yeah, I like I like uh, Jeff's face at the end of this. <laughs> that he's the only one who could keep hold, hold, keep all the women, and it's and it's Susie, and he's and it's like, Susie, of course. Right? Do I really want this? Yeah, uh, it's a blessing, and it's a hey, curse. They've, they've stayed they've stayed uh, married throughout the whole series, which is pretty insane, based on um, the amount of times they cheat on each other. Um, yeah, Especially Jeff. Yeah, I think it's mostly been one it's mainly Jeff, but the but it's been uh, Susie with the shocker. <laughs> right, that's true. Um, so yeah, so Larry looks over at uh, Weenicker and BB's table and sees that BB is uh, gulping down an entire glass of water and asking for more, no ending in sight. And uh, Weenicker comes over to Larry and he's like, "Hey, that guy, just like you know, the he the joke he just told was the joke that I was going to tell. Like, can you help me uh, write a new joke about the honoree? I got to speak in two minutes." Uh, but Larry says, "Sorry, I'm off duty. I don't need to call." And oh, the nerve pushes, of this guy <laughs> pushes Larry to help, but Larry okay. refuses. He says, "You wouldn't heed the call on the plane. You welched on our golf bet, and you sent me an accidental text on purpose." He then looks over at BB and tells her he's noticed she's not made a single trip to the bathroom despite all the many drinks of water that she has, and she has a condition. She says she has a condition, which Larry agrees with, saying, "You're a psychopath who uses a weak bladder to take advantage of people." Oh. Um, and then Weenicker unfortunately has to go up and uh, give his speech. Yeah, but we didn't get to see it. I'm sure it didn't go great. Yeah, I would imagine. He had no joke. He only had yeah. one joke. Um, so, yeah, so we head over for the final scene of the episode to the car wash, and Larry's watching the cars go through when Dave, his neighbor from two blocks away, greets him. And, Hold on. Uh, but Larry... This is not a person we've ever seen before. No, right? it's not, it which not. is weird. Okay, because yeah. you, said it, you said it like sort of as if you know who this Dave is. Okay. Oh, no, we learned his name is Dave. All right. Because um, this makes Larry... no fucking sense whatsoever. No. Yeah. This no, is the this... payoff? A guy we've this never is, heard of, don't know who he is. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. yeah. This, this I, I thought, the, like, watching it, I figured it was going to be either Rich's girlfriend. I actually, I thought it was going to be Funk's, Funkhouse's girlfriend. I thought because she she would do that. Like, she's clearly, like, stalking Larry. Um, That would have made more sense than this random Dave guy. Or, like, even fucking, like, Jeff. Or, like, messing It's got to be somebody know. he knows. Like, it has to be someone we know. In the yeah. Seder, he thinks it's the doctor played by Rob uh, Hoible. That's is that I pronounce it? I forget. Um, who he thinks is stealing his newspapers? Like, it's got to be somebody we've ever seen before for us to care in the slightest. Yeah, this to me is the worst like final ending of the I, series, just for that reason. Like, it just it makes no sense. It, just, it makes Larry's no sense, reaction yeah. is like, oh, you got like they tip the cap. Like, there's right. no like it, it. No, if if this this would have been good. Like, if if it were if it were a recurring character, I like the ending because, like I said before, it, he clearly has respect for the guy. He likes this that this whole thing has been going on. He gives him like a kind of like tips the cap, gives gives him the thumbs up. Uh, but it's 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 so weird, and then we never see him again. Like, who who is this? Which is the same thing that <laughs> happens in season eleven, right at the Japanese restaurant with uh with rob uh his name again yeah where when he finds know. out it's him at the bar that, that screwed him over he tips the cap to him because larry's oh, not actually right. his. Uh, yes right um 
by the way, the other thing that really bothers me here is why are Larry and Dave not in their cars for the car wash? Like, that's the whole fun of it. They're sitting there in the window walk, talking about how oh, much fun it is. The, the fun thing wash- is to be in the car. Well, I think most people don't view the car wash as something where fun is the primary function. Oh, you don't, um, it's he likes, fun. He likes you don't love being in the car wash? The car wash that I go to, you don't, you don't stay in the car. What? Lame. My place has a choice. You, <laughs> I, you can stay in the car. I have stayed in the car before. Who, who would choose not to? I don't know. Why would, off, why would you willingly go to a car wash that makes you leave the car? Because that was the one that was right next to my office for the last 10 years. So that's where I was. Further away. Kids are missing out. Kids love it. It's, it's oh, yeah. so much fun. Hey, I also like always browsing. They have like a, a store there with all sorts of like gadgets and stuff that I like always rummaging through. Oh, okay. All right. Remember the time Elaine tries to go through it? <laughs> yeah. We had where Cheryl and uh, Larry got stuck in the car wash. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that was Cheryl trying to go through it, not Elaine. That was yeah, Cheryl, sorry. yeah. Yeah, yes. and they couldn't pick up. The, they Heroically, uh, yes, because the phone reception. Yeah, yeah they had, they, so they, they call, right, they call the car wash. They yes. Had, had it, mm-hmm. All right. Let's uh, let's go to the rating. And I guess uh, our guest, Jordan, you'll go first. Uh, what's your rating for this episode? So I do. I do really like this episode. It isn't obviously it's not like an amazing episode of Curb. I still enjoyed it. I still basically love every almost every episode of Curb Enthusiasm. I, I can't give it a five or even a four and a half, but I think there are a lot of funny and quotable lines in this episode. Uh, I think the whole accidental text on purpose is something that's memorable that you can do in real life. Uh, I think that I, you know, we, we, we see like, you know, Larry is, you know, you know, just typical Larry here. Uh, Richard Lewis, Funkhauser, all both have good episodes. I would give it a four out of five. Hmm. What about you, Av? Um, I think I'm going to go right there as well. Um, wow. I was going back and forth. Um, I had this at between three and a half and a four. Um, and I think I'm going to go with a four. Um, for a lot of the same reasons that Jordan said is that like there, I think there's a whole lot of good in this episode. I think there's some bad, but I think the good is more memorable. And I like, it's one of the few episodes from season nine that like the name also just like, I know exactly everything yeah. that happened in this storyline just from the name. Um, even if I didn't remember like exactly who all the, the principles were, I just like, I knew the whole thing. Um, I think that counts for something with curb. And I think it's just like the, the that whole concept is just like super smart um we had the whole the whole thing with honey was also really clever mm-hmm. um and you know some really you know again like we have we got leon we got funk man Pre- uh, episodes yeah uh the premature girlfriend yeah there was there's some good stuff in there even if like this whole wash me thing i think goes nowhere and you know yeah it's particularly bad off um that i think that originally that's kind of how i was thinking that it was like a four like down to a three and a point five uh because of the ending is so bad but i think i'm gonna stick with a four uh because i think there's a lot in this episode that i, yeah. I really loved if, if they hadn't done the whole car thing. I mean, I, okay, I do like the car thing for the fact that we get to hear Funkhauser saying there's a 14-foot cock on his car. Uh, but but so that's that's a good that's a good line. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're line. right. If, if it had a better ending that tied things up better, I think this could be a four and a half. I think you get rid of the whole car storyline and you just end it with, uh, with Larry not heeding the call as a comedy writer. I think that's like a good way to end the episode. It's definitely more thematic. I think it could have been a four and a half. I don't know if I'm giving it a five just because like a five is, you know, a top yeah, I mean, like, let's say you just like remove the whole car wash storyline from the story. Like, yeah, you, it doesn't really touch it. anything other than like when he comes at the end, like everyone sees him pull up in the thing. But like, that doesn't even like affect anything. Like, they could just be mad at him for all the other reasons. And it was a thirty-eight minute long episode, so they could right. Know. Like, they could have yeah, just cut off like, five minutes and yeah. And again, I thought I thought How like, did, what's the ending? Then? Gonna lead somewhere. Yeah, I think I think the ending is is Larry not heeding the call. I think I think you could end the episode like that. Mm, okay, uh, I don't want to be the turd in the punch bowl, but. 
I have a very different opinion about this episode. Now, actually, I did something I've never done before, which is I listened to another Curb podcast about this episode before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, the particular reason I did that was because I wanted to hear uh, what our friend Akiva Wienicker had to say about a character named Wienicker. Um, but I also learned that Alan Sepinwall hated this episode. But Rob Sesterino really thought it was one of the better episodes of this season. And and I was shocked. I, and, and apparently Rob wasn't alone. And I'm, I guess I'm more shocked now because you two are on his side as well. Um, this is the highest rated episode of the season by a few others. The Ringer has this as the number 21 episode of all time. IMDb has it number five all time. Number five and all that's curb that's too high. I mean, look, I, I could see no, I could see 21. If I'm giving it a four to five, like, you know, 20 out of how many curb episodes are there? Like 110 at this point. Um, I, I could yeah. see it being there maybe, but five is insane. Well, I do have a fifth, but I have a fifth in the other direction. To me, this is absolute okay, madness. Wow. I enjoy Andrea Savage and Ed Begley, but this episode sucks. Like the story is mad. The ending <laughs> is unbelievable trash. The accidental text on purpose, a great idea. Every single application in the episode backfires. It backfires on Jeff. It backfires on Funkhauser. Larry never buys Wienerkers for a second. Like, in my opinion, this episode is even worse than last week's. And I will say, like, as we were doing the podcast, I was so enjoying the podcast that I thought, well, maybe I should actually move it up a little bit. But, like, it's uh, maybe I just had a bad taste in my mouth from the ending, which was so bad. But, like, the ending is just unbearably bad. This episode yeah. is the fifth to worst episode of the show. It is pretty, pretty good. One and a half uh, for the second week in a row. And One my and take half. is like the first half of the season was strong, but like I'm starting to see why like season nine has its reputation as, as like the worst season because these last couple episodes have been absolute trash to me. So, but apparently uh, I'm uh there are those who passionately disagree with me. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I didn't look at like the, the, the list of episodes in season nine before, uh, before doing this. I, I mean, I know that I prefer uh, the uh, no second or, or you don't have to wait for seconds episode. Uh, that's my favorite episode of, of this season, but I, I really, I mean, again, again, it's not like the cleanest, it doesn't have the cleanest ending. And I think when you look at the best curve episodes and the, you know, the best Seinfeld episodes, everything comes together at the end, all the storylines get finished. And, and the, the car thing was, was, was stupid. Um, but it didn't really take away that much from my enjoyment of the episode. I wish they had, had just either not ended with it yeah. um, or uh, gotten rid of it completely. It does. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth, which obviously you never It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. Uh, Jordan, who's your come with guy? Um, my yeah. come with so so you said uh so really like I I know you said you don't like one you don't want it to be uh Larry because that's no, that's kind of basic. He can earn I do it. think that Larry here yeah, is I do think it's appropriate. I, I mean, yeah, I think in this in this episode, you have Larry at least attempting to help his friends with the with the accidental text on purpose. No one else is really being a good guy at all in this episode. I mean, like, it's hard for me not to give it a Funkhauser because I love Funkhauser, but Funkhauser is being like a weak douchebag uh, to, to Larry by not talking to him. He, and he has this crazy girlfriend. Um, Richard is is typical Richard. Richard's not a come with guy at all. Richard's a very selfish guy. Uh, I, I, so I think I kind of have to give it to Larry um, because no one else deserves it. And just so you know, Larry is tied uh, with Cheryl for the second most come with guys behind Jeff. I could say that. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Jeff is is totally a come with guy. I think in, the, in this episode, he just didn't do enough. Uh, yeah. yeah, he doesn't do much. Okay. All right, Av, what about you? He's the come, he's the come with Susie the airport guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm uh, I went the same way again. Uh, I went with Larry. I think this is one of those times where it has to be him. Um, as Jordan said he comes with up with these ideas. He's trying to help everyone out. He uh, he says what everyone else is thinking about the water. Uh, he could still get an erection, which is pretty great. And uh, he gets kicked out of two places both times for no reasons, which is like to him is just like proves that everyone else is crazy and not him. Mm-hmm. By the way, my favorite thing about uh, Larry being the come with guy um, when he is, 
This is now the 11th time that either Av or I have nominated him, but we've never done it in the same episode. Interesting. Which most other people, it's like we both agree. Like we've literally never agreed. There's been a lot, uh, 11 times that one of us has nominated him four, five, six, seven, eight, nine for Av. No, eight for Av and three for me, but uh, never at the same time. Uh, Until now. So, yeah. Well, no, it, to me, it's the <laughs> funk man. He finally stands up for himself, finally, to Marilyn. And by the way, I said this before I, w- I, I learned on this episode when Jordan told us that this is the uh, what the, the anti-penultimate appearance on Curb for him. So it uh, makes me very sad. He won't cont- get to continue to uh, to pad his stats for too much longer, unfortunately. Um, How many times has Funk Hazard been the come with guy? Uh, this, uh, he has been, Av has nominated him twice and I have nominated him thrice. Okay. So I, I thought I thought about total, it. Total, and that's he's seventh all time. And uh, yeah, yeah, he he's not. he's the runner. He's the runner up for me. But okay. I think he is, and he's a re- he's a relative latecomer compared to uh, you know like the core four original. Yeah, you're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. All right, Jordan, who is the fucking asshole? So there's there's three clear competitors. Uh, there's there's BB. Uh, there is Funkhouse's girlfriend and there's Dr. Winokur. So I thought about this a lot, actually. And I think that Funkhouse's girlfriend is too much of a psycho to be considered the fucking asshole. Because I think that she, this is just how she is. Like, I don't think she could help the way that she acts. I'm not going to say that she's a fucking asshole. I think that she just needs to be, be uh, uh, put away or, or given like a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of help. Uh, so Funkhouse's girlfriend's out of it, which, which leaves me with Dr. Winokur, the plain lady. I, I think that, uh, that BB, um, you know, she wanted the aisle seat. She saw the aisle seat. She got what she wanted. She's being a little bit selfish. It's something that you could see Larry potentially doing in a situation of like trying to, uh, you know, sit, sit in, in an aisle seat if he was in, if he was in the middle. So she's, she's selfish. She's, you know, she's faking an illness clearly. Um, I'm going to give it a, to Dr. Winokur. Uh, Dr. Winokur, um, you know, gets out of the $200 that he owes Larry. Uh, he then goes to him and begs for the joke at the end when he, when, um, when his one joke was stolen. Uh, and then he doesn't heed the call. He's a doctor. You got to heed the call. Jordan, we are in simpatico once again. He wouldn't heed the call. He welched on the golf bets. He sent an accidental on purpose to the inventor of accidental text mm-hmm. on purpose. No backup jokes. That sounds like a big fucking asshole to me. Mm. I'm shocked here. I thought, you know, Jordan correctly identified the candidates. BB's an asshole. Marilyn, a, a truly awful woman. I thought for sure that someone would be picking uh, someone other than me would be picking her. She I think he's just crazy more than awful. So it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's like hard. I don't yeah. know. It feels like she's like, she too, like she's water. That's a terrible thing to do. No sense of humor. She makes Funkman dump Larry. She ruins right. a dinner for everyone with her denial of the exemption. Um, as Jordan noted, she's almost certainly committed homicide before. That's a uh, fucking asshole behavior. Yeah, that's. Not a very nice thing. Yeah, but listen, anytime you have a Wienerker on, uh, he's probably going to be the asshole. So um, refuses to treat a dying patient on a plane, quits the golf course with three holes to go because he's a baby. Like Welchers on bets are like the worst to me. I think it's like just an absolutely despicable thing to do. Um, he sends the accidental text on purpose. As you just said to the man who invented the accidental text on purpose, he has the gall to come to ask Larry for help after all of that. Like, I mean, it's not just that he's a fucking asshole, which he clearly is. But he's a fuck. And it reminds me almost of neighbor Dean. He's a fucking asshole with like no like just he's so like he's so ballsy about it. You know, the fact that he comes and asks Larry for help after everything else he's done after. Yo's, right. It's just crazy to me. So Is yeah. neighbor Dean, the guy with the wire in the backyard, <laughs> yes, Larry, yes. the wire. He, he won't let Larry and Cheryl get rid of the former guest on the podcast yeah. as well. I'd let, nice. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. had him on unless unless Larry arranges for a meeting with Julie Louis Dreyfus. Yes. So uh, it is a clean sweep. Dr. Wienerker sweeps it for all three of us. Uh, Dr. Wienerker, uh, Wienerker, 
You're a fucking asshole. The fucking all, asshole. All Wiener Cars are fucking assholes. Yes. I would just stop with the Ted dance. <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. All right. Uh, so the, the big cameo in this episode, I guess, is, is Ed Bigley Jr., Dr. Wienerker. Um, who's playing uh, Dr. Wienerker. Is it time for us to go to the postman? Um, postman! Um, postman, come here! here Tell okay. the neighborhood! Right, what a shanda, Larry! Uh, uh, Larry uh, David! Uh, 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 you, you're a lousy Jew! But you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! A shanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! Uh, it certainly is. And we start off this week with a new emailer, um, a fellow named Joel Savet. I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce his name because I'm not 100 sure. Uh, he says four out of five pretties for the montage of obnoxious activity on the plane. The kids in the bus yelling "Blow me, bell, fuck!" at Larry's BMW, <laughs> and Larry shoving the perfume spritzer at Demon Marcus. That also right. We didn't mention that when we were that doing the funny. the rating. That's to me like an all timer. Uh, also, did you notice Larry mentioned the Rams? Great timing. Please mention yes. the deleted scene. Um, so yes, there are, we forgot there. We we said at the beginning of the season we were going to do deleted scenes. Now I, I completely forgot about that until uh, he just reminded me. Should we pull up this uh, deleted scene? Yeah, let's watch it live. All right, I've never seen this either. We should probably at some point go back and catch up on the uh, previous deleted scenes that we missed. So maybe we'll do that next week. And the, the the name of the scene is Water Taste Test. Boss. Wow! Huh? <laughs> wow! Well, what? You can get lucky. Let's keep going. They're all boss. <laughs> it's a setup. Wow! This is crazy. It's water. Oh, this is a great scene. Tap. <laughs> Look at you. Arrowhead plastic bottle. I don't know how you do it. Arrowhead. What you got? Did you? Shut your grandma's balls. I cannot believe that you just did that. Larry David Aquafile. Boom diggity. I just for the line. Shut my grandma's balls. Shut your grandma's balls. Yeah, that's great. So here's the thing. I, I think they need they would have needed to do. You know what? If you get rid of the whole car uh, yeah, side plot, I think you could have had like Larry, Larry, like a scene where Larry's saying that he could point out like any water uh, and put this in instead. I think this this fits the episode better. Uh, you get the shut, shut your grandma's balls. Uh, and um, that that would have been a, a, a much better scene to have somewhere in the middle of the episode. Uh, Jordan, uh, how would you do on a water taste test? Um, I mean, I think I could tell you like tap versus bottled but i don't i couldn't tell you what brand of bottled water yeah i mean i don't, mean, think, I, I don't think, think it's possible what he just did no no it's that it's, it's definitely if you not give him the five options then maybe it's possible because it's kind okay. of guessing and process elimination yeah I, I, sure i mean arrowhead it, well, in a plastic bottle what the hell is arrowhead? <laughs> but here's the thing you can give me like new york city water versus northern westchester water and i would easily be able to tell you which oh, is which wow you know what All right uh, i water, think they were water bracket to... do i hear yeah, water bracket water bracket yeah yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be the whole thing's gonna be blind though. If you're not gonna like that, I'm gonna insist on it. Obviously, mm-hmm. don't want people's water. All right, let's do it. To play. Yeah. Let's do it. Every if you have and if you have a you know water that you think uh, no one else is bringing, yeah, bring water. So that's yeah. a debut postman performance, and it also get, gets us to watch the uh, deleted scene. Yeah, I I think there's I really need to do like a, a rabbit hole on uh, go down a, a rabbit hole on these like curb deleted scenes because yeah. I feel like I haven't seen I don't, many of them. I don't think there are many. I think this is a season nine thing potentially. Okay. Well, well, it, there was 
when we got the rundown for the episode, uh, when we had the editor as a guest in season 11, we saw he listed the two deleted scenes and described them. We didn't get to see right. the video version of them. Right. Um, yeah. So you could, uh, these are, these are on, on HBO's website. So anyone can go check them out if you want. Um, okay. Next we go to John Gormley who says, dear Alton, ah, first of all, what an incredible super commercial that was. Larry looked as if he were having so much fun throughout. He's really grown up out of his grumpy old self for doing random projects like this. Ask Larry 10 years ago to do the exact same thing. It'll be a big no. This episode is genuinely one of my favorite episodes ever of Curb. Certainly wow. my favorite from season nine. Enjoyed it so much the first time I watched it that several months afterwards when I was reflecting on the season, I was sure the honey parade, the accidental text on purpose, the tap water bit, and the plane gag were all from different episodes as they all stood out so well in my head. Cheryl Hines said in an interview before season nine began filming that she was on the phone to Larry and told him a story that happened to her on a flight recently where Larry said, oh, that's funny. Let me write that down. I'm guessing that story was either her being asked to switch with someone who had a fabricated medical condition or beside a doctor refusing a call. I'm curious to which it was. Well, I guess we'll ask uh, Cheryl when we have her on the podcast. Um, And should Hines deserve a story credit here for that? Um, I don't know. I don't know how that's. Well, she's credited on the cast. So in every episode of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you get like a story by credit because like one like anecdote in the story was like based on something that like kind of happened to you. Um, but I have no idea how this works, as I said previously. Uh, June Diane Raphael now becomes the fifth actor or actress from New Girl to appear on this season now. On this season? On the season or the series? Probably this. They wrote, this, yeah. they wrote season, but that seems impossible but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, overall, an excellent episode. I just wish the dirty car story wasn't included. It didn't add much and didn't amount to anything funny. Episode works perfectly well with it cut all together. As we said, a much stronger climax for the episode would have been Dr. Wienicker running up to Larry looking for material whilst Larry insists he's off duty and Frolic starts playing. Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's what I said too. I, yeah, I completely that's pretty what you said, yeah. Um, that unnecessary story deducts this to a still very strong four pretties. Come with guy is Funkhauser. It was because of how good he was in this episode is why I missed him so much in season 10. Fucking asshole is that awful woman Funkman is dating. Good day and kind regards, John Gormley. Svi oh. Raps writes in and says, I came into this episode with low expectations and there were certainly plenty of things that didn't work for me. The whole dirty car plot line was wrapped up in such an odd way, especially as the ending to the episode. Seriously, do we know that guy from before? We do not. The accidental boner on purpose in the dressing room felt like something that's been done too many times before. June Diane's character didn't really add anything at all, and her hitting it off with Dr. Not Even Wheels Wienicker at baggage claim might be the show finally jumping the shark. Despite all that, I was higher on this episode than I expected to be. Larry was in peak form throughout this whole episode, especially in the opening scene at the dinner parties. His Jew from Brooklyn line to Susie is amazing. That's true. Another classic line from this episode. The accidental text on purpose became instantly iconic, and his perfume freakout cracked me up. Extra points for Marty's tap water rant as well. Come with guy is Leon. Seems like the obvious come with guy for sending that's ah, he has spelled come the funny way um, for sending that scene for Larry's enjoyment. But I got to go with George Gershwin for writing motherfucking Rhapsody in Blue. <laughs> has George Gershwin ever won a uh, come with guy before? Um, I don't believe so. Gina oh. Gershon uh, probably did yes. for, uh, for Anna. I'm sure we, I, I would assume we both probably gave it to her. Yes. Um, now, now if you have a friend named Gina Gershon and George Gershwin, you might send an accidental text on accident. That's true. Oh, that's yes. a legitimate one. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. Don't forget one. to bring your sheep. What? 
Oh yeah, we uh, she was the winner, I believe, of the uh, when we did the Larry's girlfriend bracket. She um, won the whole bracket, yeah. The king of the hill or the queen of the hill. Um, but I think we were we were supposed to be continuing to updating that as we went. Uh, but we oh, I've been updating about that. Oh, you have? Yeah. Every every girlfriend since then. If you go on uh, on the Michigan's document, there's a tab called <laughs> Larry's dates, and oh, I added Elizabeth you. Banks from Disturbance in the Kitchen, and then uh-huh. I added from season eleven Lucy Liu, Gabby McAfee, and Irma Kostrowski. Cool. All right. You're on top yeah. of that. Yeah. We, we, we got nobody else. Nobody else. The only date he's had is Elizabeth Banks this season, right? Um, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, fucking asshole of the week is real life Larry David. He consistently gives these super old dudes three in this episode alone, not including himself, <laughs> much younger and more attractive girlfriends. It makes them suffer through the horrors of dating Richard Lewis or Doctor, but only when it suits me, Wienicker, for an episode. But when you have LD as a guest, please make sure to ask about this. Okay. I'm shocked given my low expectations of memory of this episode, but I'll bump this all the way up to a pretty, 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 pretty good three and a half pretties out of five. Next, we turn to Joshua Schmitz, who says, great episode this week filled with many funny scenarios. I really like having all the core regulars with the exception of Cheryl and Ted interacting. I also think this is the only episode to get the double Larry David stare, which was hilarious. Funkhauser's description of the tap water is also fantastic. Come with guy is Larry. Fucking asshole is Wienoker for his HIPAA-breaching breaking text to Larry. And he gives the episode four and a half pretties out of five I, I didn't i didn't think of the uh, the text as a as a as a hipaa issue but i i, I think it is possible though that he made up the name to, 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 to the whole thing is the whole true. thing is a lie yeah oh yeah for sure for sure so, yeah so there's no hipaa violation yeah <laughs> right um yeah well maybe it's unless he slipped at the end and he, he does tell her her the real name although of the although from the perspective of the lie he's trying to tell larry that he's committing a hipaa violation Right. Although he's yes. claiming it's an accident. So the accidental HIPAA violation over. Yes, the accidental any any way you look at it, Dr. Winnaker is a fucking asshole. Mm, yes. Yeah, he's agreed. a really, he's a really big fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh he's gonna he comes back. He'll be back in uh season ten. As Dr. Winnaker? Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I remember um, I keep a pod, podcasting about it. Yeah. Okay. Jim Crumley says another solid episode. Three pretties out of five. Come with guy is Marty for eventually coming clean about the water and sliding with Larry. Uh, the fucking asshole is BB the line just to get the aisle seat. Nail buffing on a plane. Yeesh. William Blake writes, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and I can't stand your water. Come with guy is Leon. He knew what Larry wanted, a random Sophia Loren text in the midday is a good pick-me-up. The fucking asshole is BB and the funniest doc on the links, a pair of assholes. Oh, so he's giving two. He's splitting it. Um, he's giving the episode, however, four pretties out of five. A lot of funny and memorable moments in this one and a double stare as a tasty dessert. Next up is Mr. Zach Brooks, who says five minutes in, we have our fucking asshole of the week. The guy was bad, but the fucking woman filing her nails and brushing her hair on Larry can go to hell. Yeah. Honestly, it's kind of crazy. The Rams have been in L.A. long enough to be referenced in this episode. Guess we are getting pretty close to present time. Honey Parade was hilarious scene and earns Richard Lewis to come with guy. Marty's water rant was really funny, too. And this had some concepts that held up four pretties out of five. And finally, we go to Olin Allen, who says, hey, Av, honey, get your clock, your klaxon ready, because after bookending season one, the pants tent and the group, it is the return of the moment you honeys have all been waiting for. Sophia Loren reference tracker number three. And what an impact it was with two glorious performances in arabesque and marriage Italian style. Arabesque works nicely now as a kind of lazy Sunday afternoon matinee film. Sure it does. <laughs> a thriller with Gregory Peck directed by Stanley <laughs> Doden. Good fun. Three and a half pretties. Um, 
I think that's for the movie, yes. Uh, but marriage, Italian style, absolute classic, and not just for the sexy strip and dancing. A powerhouse of performances from Sofia and Marcello Mastroani, portraying three distinct couples, portraying their acting chops with great chemistry in each little segment. Full five pretties for me. Also, the cave wow. unit is, that is also referenced is also good fun. As for the episode itself, even short of Sophia, it just blew me away. Laughing from the start to finish, well, maybe from two minutes in, great physical comedy throughout, particularly the absolute absurdity of the perfume spraying. (laughs) One of my favorite Marty episodes and definitely my favorite Marty line comparing the tap water to sticking a straw up a frog's ass. The dinner party scene and how everyone plays off each other was just sublime, particular props to Marilyn, so wonderful with such seething disdain for Larry. Ed Begley Jr. was excellent as a belligerent doctor. Some nice lines and love the way he struggled to climb out of the bunker in the background of the golf. Also, June Diane Raphael nailed her role. So good that I rewatched it as my halftime viewing for the Super Bowl, which linked in nice thematically as Jeff was so annoyed at waving off his wife. Even the punchline about the whole Watch Me segment just seemed to be knowingly stupid and silly that it didn't let the episode fall flat at the end. Oh, wow. He's even descending that. And he gives the episode five pretties out of five. P.S. I like this episode, but I didn't expect it to be quite that perfect, especially without any Fatwa references. Come with Gal is Sophia Loren. Fucking asshole of the week is Dr. Winoker leaving someone to suffer on the plane, seemed to be cheating in a bunker, diving out of his golf game and not respecting when a comedian is strictly off duty. Um, I think I will say even now some of the, you know, looking through some of these, uh, these postman uh, emails that what comes to mind is the uh, the advice that Elon Gold gave us, like what it, what it was like eight episodes ago to like yeah. late season curb has to just be viewed as like a series of bits more than like a contiguous story at this point. And I think the bits in this episode are excellent. And I think that's what like a lot of people responded to. Um, but, you know, I do think it's fair that like this episode doesn't like really tie together in like a cohesive way, the way the best curb episodes typically do. Yeah, but I think it would have without the car thing. Yeah, it may. It may. The car thing really does throw it for a loop. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. Okay, so in terms of the overall uh, final ratings for this episode, so the as you just heard, the audience was very high on this, um, averaging out to exactly a 4.00, uh, making it the 10th ranked episode overall by the audience in the series so far. Wow. Um, Jordan gave it a 4. I gave it a four. Alex ruined the party, giving it a one and a half. He was lower on the episode than the rest of us. Uh, but, you know, that's how it goes. It's his podcast. And uh, that averages out to a 3.38, uh, making it the 47th ranked episode. So kind of like really right uh, in the meaty part of the curve, like like literally, um, right? We're at 96 episodes. 47 times two would be 94. So it's like really right uh, at the midway point of the series. Uh with that, you know, with Alex's uh, over exaggerated votes. Thinking of lowering it to a uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> if you do that, I'm raising my to a four and a half. <laughs> um, I was just for just for fo- sport, like so. If you had given it a four, like the rest of us, um, that would make it a 21st ranked episode. So even yeah. at that, which is that exactly says. where the right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, that five is um. A little much to make it the fifth ranked yeah. episode all the time. Like, even yeah, like no, you know, if we had it across the board fours, that would. I I, I do think stuff. that like you know I I liked it obviously better than uh better than it just being an average episode. Uh, I do think forty seven though is a better spot than number five on IMDb. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's more reasonable. Yeah. 
All right, well, next week. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. We get to relax. Our episode is called Namaste. And I remember absolutely nothing about it, except I know that <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda is coming at some point towards the end of the season. But yes. uh, yeah, he should be here soon, right? Yeah. He, oh, he's definitely not going to just show up in the finale. So um, no, he's, he definitely comes in before. before yeah. Uh, do you remember anything about Namaste? I don't. OK, well, Jordan, we'll do you see next week? Vaguely, I'd have to look at the uh, the the synopsis, and then I'm sure I'd remember it. But it's been it's been a while since I've I've rewatched any of the episodes from the season. Yeah. Well, if it's anything like this week's episode, then the audience and and Av are gonna think that it's pretty, 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 pretty good. Get a life, Jews.